Hey, thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Uncommon People podcast. This is a show about ordinary people and their extraordinary stories about all of our regular, everyday Joe and Jill lives. I think everybody's lived a unique story and has things to share and things to tell and wisdom and things to learn from. So I want to listen to these stories. I want to give other people the chance to do so as well and learn from them. And um, yeah, if you'd be interested in having this kind of conversation, if you think you're a normal person but have something to share, please do reach out to me. Uh, My website is joeltimothy.co and I have a bunch of contact info up there so you can reach out and get in touch. This is episode, what is it, 14 of the show. I'm sitting here with Joy Biebighauser to talk about her life and her perspective. I hope you enjoy the whole conversation and you get a lot from it. This is, yeah, this is it. That was kind of awkward, but the rest of the intro is good, so here we go. Episode 14. What have you done recently that has made you really happy? What have I done recently that's made me really happy? Um, Maybe even surprisingly so. Surprisingly so. In terms of it's not necessarily something you would have thought beforehand was going to make you happy. Hmm. Oh, wow. Okay, so... I went to my cousin's wedding yesterday oh yesterday no two days ago okay i went to my cousin's wedding on saturday and there was just like my whole family there and it was super fun and i was super excited to be there and like one of the things that i like don't normally like that we always do every time is like do these like there's always a dance floor and we always just like dance like the Cupid Shuffle and mm-hmm. the um, Footloose. All the regular All the regular stuff. And like I've never really loved doing that. I apologize if any of my family is listening to this at the moment. <laughs> um, never really loved doing it. But like on Saturday, I just was vibing so hard to the music and like dancing and like really just like getting some exercise out of it i was dancing in heels which was super difficult yeah um but also like super fun i was doing the footloose dance and like just like breathing hard and just like got to like really bond with my family through dancing Mm -hmm. which i don't normally do and there was like nobody else at the wedding was dancing it was like literally just me and my cousins and my siblings who were dancing nobody else was not even the bride and groom because they were, they both hate dancing, but they created a dance floor just for us. Really? Well, okay, my cousin Mark doesn't like dancing. Okay. He's not a big dancer. Um, and his wife is pregnant. Okay. Because uh, they, this is their COVID wedding, so they've been married for eight months now. Okay. And so they're pregnant, and so she's like, didn't want to dance. Uh-huh. Because baby. Yeah. And so. There's a lot of moving around, a lot of shaking and dancing, you know? Yeah. You gotta and she let your body She couldn't ease. be on her feet too much. And yeah. so. Yeah, but it, that surprised me on how much fun I had dancing. And we danced, like, for so long. And then the DJ, his name is, he's actually a pastor from our church. His name's Pastor Cam. He's super cool. <laughs> um, super strong. 
he's so cool um but he like started packing up and we were still like dancing <laughs> and so we like just changed from the him djing to like the speaker in the backyard because it was the the wedding was at the in the backyard of my cousins like they uh, own a bunch okay. of property and so it was just on their land it was oh, beautiful perfect. and so they, we just like uh un, like just plugged in a phone to like a speaker and then we just started like still dancing on yeah. this dance floor that my uncle had made and that like surprised me and like how much like i enjoyed just like dancing which like i like dancing but like i usually don't dance at weddings that much or i do it begrudgingly hmm. but i actually wanted to do it which is pretty cool yeah Oh, that's great. Yeah. I've never danced at a wedding. You've never danced at a wedding? No, because I'm previous to that party I recently went to. Mm. I just didn't dance at all. Yes, ever. you mentioned that. Yeah. I always dance at every wedding, every party. That's my thing. But I don't love dancing. Like, at those things. Like, usually I'm like, after three songs and we're just like, you know bobbing i'm mm-hmm. like ready to bob my way back to <laughs> either the the food or like to my chair yeah and sit right but all my family are big extroverted dancing people and so we do a lot of that yeah mm-hmm. well, that's good yeah that's good man i ask because i think i was just thinking of the fact that i, I little things like Coming home from work and just washing my feet and face, which if I don't have time for a shower is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And then having coffee, like just sitting mm-hmm. here with this coffee and talking. This mm-hmm. is making me, this is such a de-stressor for me. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, my gosh. There's always coffee available. Oh, love coffee. <laughs> yes. I see. What's a de-stressor for me? Yeah, what's a de-stressor? I'm oh. supposed to ask the questions. I'm sorry. I just really <laughs> wanted to answer that question. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, probably coming home, sitting on my couch, mm-hmm. getting my blanket situated, having a packet of Oreos, and either watching TV, playing a video game, or like reading a good book. Just sitting down and like taking a moment to like do something that isn't teaching mm-hmm. with children yep or whatever else i was doing that day just relaxing mm-hmm. i don't know it just feels very much like good i don't know i've been in a really big oreo kick recently man oreos are just surprisingly good i'm i'm not a big cookie person i don't eat a lot of cookies mm-hmm. but every time there's oreos and i have one i'm like there's a reason these are so popular you can't not like them no here's the deal i didn't like oreos i was not an oreo person uh my whole like we had social clubs in college which is like sorority but like christian and like our social club uh, the big thing was foxes and oreos and i didn't like oreos foxes and oreos yeah because that was like our did you also eat foxes <laughs> no. you ate oreos we had a stuffed animal like... fox okay it was named oreo too it was really funny oh, okay but like our big thing was oreos and i just like did not like oreos and like they were like "Ooh, can we even let you in this club if you don't like oreos and i was like uh yes yes you can please let me in and but like recently i've just been like i like impulse bought a packet of oreos and mm-hmm. then i just started eating them with my lunch at work and then i would come home and then i would grab the package and then go sit on the couch and then eat more oreos and then it got to the point where i've been eating like a packet of oreos like in less than a week 
which technically is not the best thing in the world. But, you know, I just bought a family size yeah. of double stuff Oreos when I went grocery shopping this morning. Uh-huh. So I'm really excited to... Not running out. To, to not eat that. My goal is to not eat all of it in a week. But I'll be home so much. Right. You just need to put very specific limits on it. Not necessarily super strict, like I can only eat one Oreo per day, but just specific. Like, I can eat Oreos after I eat a meal. Mm, You know? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I can't, like, just grab Oreos at 10 a.m. in the morning and just start eating them. Yeah. That'd be smart. Like, have breakfast. Don't eat Oreos until after lunch. Yeah. Like, after lunch, I can have a few Oreos. And then, like, snack time, have a few Oreos. And then dinner, and then a few Oreos, and then I've eaten twelve Oreos. Yeah, which over the course of a day, that's not that's well, not bad. Not I think great. <laughs> the serving size is like three. Yeah, so three after every meal, a dessert, a, a small dessert. It's like four. Every time I eat a meal. I feel justified in having, or I feel at least like I need to have dessert, or I should have dessert. I have a whole coconut cream pie small. at home. Yeah? Yeah. I feel that. I, like, want something sweet. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, well, I don't know. I don't want, I don't think I should indulge after every meal. Mm, depends on how much you eat. But if I want some Oreos. <laughs> mm. I should have some Oreos. I'm going to eat Oreos. I deserve these have Oreos. Have you had Oreo Thins? Because you bought Double Stuffed, which is like okay, the opposite. Okay, so my roommate bought Oreos, and she doesn't like Oreos. So I've been eating those, and they're just like regular Oreos. And honestly, I'm not here for it. There's not enough like icing I really or the whatever the cream in the middle is. Mm-hmm. I really like the cream. Um, so I have not eaten Oreo Thins. Okay. Because I okay. felt like... That defeats the purpose. Yeah, that doesn't have the thing you really want from the Oreo. Mm-hmm. See, I love, I well, the Oreo thins I had were also the mint ones. So it's like chocolate mint okay. thin cookie. That actually not a thin mint good. technically, but it is a thin minty cookie. That honestly, honestly, I could I could vibe with that. They're very good. That might sound good. Do you have a favorite food group? Food group. Food group. Yeah. Hmm. I like. I'd say meat. Meat. That's a food group. Is that a food group? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'd put them in a group. Yeah. Because it's like. It's not a, a necessarily a type of food because there's so many different types of food mm-hmm. that incorporate meat. But yeah. it's. I'm. We'll we'll call it a group. Well, yeah. It's definitely meat for sure because I love meat and meat is just <laughs> interesting. I mean, there's so many different types and mm-hmm. like. I mean, I guess, would you include, like, poultry and seafood in meat? I still consider it meat. I'm not a food scientist or anything. (laughs) So I don't know. Like, I know how some vegetarians will still eat fish. That's pescatarian. Oh, I guess pescatarian. But, well, I I guess I don't know then. But I know know often fish is not classed as meat. Mm -hmm. It's fish. But fish feel, is meat. Like, yeah. it feels like meat. Yeah. yeah, and meat, in my mind, is if you're talking about coming from an animal, yes. it's just the muscles of the animal. Yes, That's thank meat. you. We are agreed on that. Yes. Thank you and for agreeing with me. even more loosely, if I'm talking about, like, 
fruit. The meat, <laughs> the meat of the fruit is like the body of it. Yeah. The flesh of the yeah. fruit. Which is another word for meat, flesh. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be lots of flesh at this banquet. Oh it's going to be great. <laughs> the flesh. Look at this beautiful oh. lamb flesh that yes. we're eating. Is this cow flesh? Ooh. I'm more of a, I, I think I like deer flesh more. Ooh. You know? No, I feel like I like um, baby cow flesh the most. It's just so soft. No, that's the wrong word. <laughs> tender. It's tender. Tender is the See, word. one thing you'll learn about me as we become closer friends is that I say the wrong thing to describe something. I say that. I do that often. You take creative liberties, that's all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like words can mean many different things. Like, you know what I really enjoy in, it, in specifically writing? We were talking about mm -hmm. reading a little bit in in books is yeah. when the author uses words that aren't normally descriptors to describe yes i love that too like tolkien does that a lot with mm -hmm. or or i'm thinking a specific thing that's coming to my mind is actually c.s lewis from um one of the chronicles of narnia Oh, I can't think of the exact words. Something like as kind as sunshine and as soft as a cloud. Or, oh, or I love that. as as warm as spring and mm -hmm. joyful as summertime. That yeah. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't technically make sense because spring doesn't spring doesn't feel joy. Spring yeah. is a time of year, right? Mm -hmm. But you can you say that and intuitively it makes sense emotionally yeah. it makes sense like you understand yes what they're saying it's very poetic i love mm -hmm. that and so i try to use words that way when i'm that. describing things like sometimes if i'm feeling really saucy <laughs> if people ask me how my, how the day's going it's like it's delicious man it's a delicious day also, i feel like that describes things very well yeah because when you think of delicious it means it's good Mm -hmm. so when you're when you someone says how's your day you say it's delicious they know you mean like it's really good yeah <laughs> but they're also like why are you saying, why like, you saying delicious, you saying delicious? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of british i think a little bit yeah i think so mm -hmm. yeah one of the things i often say is like when you have like fuzz on your shirt i'll say like oh i'm leaking but i'm not like leaking i'm shedding yeah but like to me shedding does not come naturally like i was like what is that word okay so you have to think leaking. harder about it huh so i'm like i am leaking i can see how that could cause confusion yeah and they're like what do you like are you okay and i'm like no like you seem like my shirt is leaking my shirt's leaking and they're like you mean you're shedding like you're like you have fuzz on your shirt and i was like yeah i'm i'm like you know what i mean see and even saying it's shedding is taking a creative liberty because mm -hmm. it's not technically shedding in the sense that animals True. shed, you know? Yeah. But the word can still mean that. Exactly. See? Words can mean whatever you want them to mean. Why do why do we put limitations on words? Like Well, there's let's not okay. get off the handle here. Okay, like, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Like... <laughs> but like yeah, descriptors. Like why can't I use like that apple was Okay. I just went <laughs> completely blank. But like if I'm describing like this uh like a a person i could be like man joel was scrumptious and 
exhilarating and he just like looks like a race car rolling down the street i don't know that's not how i would describe you at all but that's the first thing that came to yeah. mind some of that made sense though <laughs> yeah i like it okay race car rolling down the street a race car rolling down the street i don't know why i don't know why i'm liking that image though that's great Ooh, okay yeah I'm just, now i'm just imagining like you in cars like like what you would look like in the movie cars Oh, me in cars, not like me driving multiple different cars. Like me, okay, what car I would be? Not like what car you'd be like, but like what your like car, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Right? Yeah. It would definitely be black for sure. I don't know. I'm I'm moving away from that now. Well, yeah, maybe it'll have some four screen stripes yeah. because now you own black, <laughs> black and four with screen. Black four screen stripes. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be into that look. I don't know. But I would be, I'd be something with four wheel drive okay like the reason i typically have four-wheel drive vehicles is because that matches my personality yeah um yeah something very utilitarian i think that looks kind of classic but is not too luxurious it's not Mm -hmm. um excessive or redundant um I wouldn't be like a Mercedes G wagon, but I might be, say, uh, Land Rover Discovery. You okay. know, for car people out there, if you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. I am not a car person, so I don't know what you're saying, but I can okay. appreciate what you're saying. So the Land Rover Discovery, the first one, the Mercedes G wagon, mm-hmm. is a that big square four by four vehicle okay. that Mercedes makes. It's a big suv it's mm-hmm. super boxy i think they're beautiful um and they are very capable four-wheel drive vehicles but they're super luxurious they're beautiful inside and out full of leather and just pretty things and all sorts of um luxuries okay the land rover discovery is very rough and tumble and rugged and very capable off-road, but it is not luxurious at all. Okay. As far as I know. I haven't actually been inside a Land Rover myself, but the Discovery, the, sorry, I don't know if I've been saying Discovery. The Defender is what I'm talking about. You have been saying Discovery. I have? Again. Oh, yes. man. All the car people. They're going to be so disappointed. So oh, I'm sorry. They're the, turning off the podcast now. The, they're the like, Defender. this guy's a fake. Just the kidding. Defender series. Defender. Is just... It's just meant for off-roading. It's just meant for being ready to handle the elements pretty much. What would you be? I feel like I'd be some sort of like mom car. Yeah. Like have a lot of rows. I drove like a Ford Expedition for a while. Those are huge. Yeah. The story of how I wrecked my Expedition is actually pretty funny. Um, but I drove a 2003 Ford Expedition. And I feel like, honestly, it would be that car. Like the 2003 Ford Expedition. Because I just feel like I have a lot of, like, I have a big personality. And I mm-hmm. can fit just, like, a lot of people in my life. Yeah. But also, like, I'm prone to breaking. Hmm. But also, like, you can rough me up a little bit and I'm still fine. Yeah. But then you finally take me out on a bolt sticking out of a pole. Do you need to hear the story now? Yeah, yeah, I do want to hear the story. <laughs> okay, so flashback 
It's March of 2020. Um, oh, this wasn't COVID, that long ago. Nope. Uh, COVID hadn't started yet. You know, it was kind of there, but like we weren't in quarantine. Life was good. I was enjoying my best life. It was like March 10th, 11th, because I actually re- looked at the photos recently. Oh, okay. I was going to early morning prayer, and back when we still did it at the Fateful Prayer Room here in Fateful. Mm-hmm. And so I was driving there around 6.30 in the morning. Still pretty tired. And so I get there, and I pull into the Fateful Prayer Room, and there's this big like sign with poles sticking out of it. And I pulled in mm-hmm. really close to it, and I like kind of rubbed against it a little bit. And I said, oh, this is fine. I'll just adjust. And then I got, so it was like my wheel well and a bolt sticking out of the pole. And I like got stuck on the bolt. And I thought, okay, I'll just turn my car and I'll just like pull myself out. But here's the deal. I turned my wheel the wrong direction. And so I started to pull out and I noticed that it was pulling like the front of my car off. And I was like, okay. So I got out of the car. I assessed the situation. And here's what I should have done, was stopped and gone inside and asked someone for help. But that's not what I did. I thought, I can get my car unstuck. And so I went back inside. I went into my car and I turned the wheel and I turned it the wrong direction. And I pulled off the entirety of my front bumper And I dented the car so badly to that I couldn't open my driver's door. All of this on the bolt of the Fayetteville Prayer Room pole. And it was honestly kind of devastating. And I like left it there just completely like totaled and from that bolt. And then I went inside the prayer room and said, I think I just totaled my car. And Tima and Parker ran out to look at it and they said, how? How did you do that? You want to see a picture, don't you, Joel? Yes. Well, I'm so like, I'm immediately thinking, wow, these expeditions aren't built that well. And in my head, I'm just imagining like you roll up to something and you touch this piece of metal and the car just like starts falling to pieces. Oh, I promise you it's absolutely not the expedition's fault. It's me. I I am known for wrecking vehicles. Um, I guess I'm just having trouble like thinking up like wow (laughs) now you see it so it was really the pole the pole was strong and there's a bolt like like when you catch your jeans on something yeah and then it ruins the whole jeans yeah yeah okay it it was the it was that bolt but if, see, if I just turned my wheels the other direction. You didn't total the car, though, did you? No, I did. Because my car was worth nothing. And so the damage oh. would have, like, cost more than what my car was worth. But it ran, right? Like you. Did. Yeah. I mean, there's. I have a video of Mitchell driving it um, to the, uh, what's it called? Um, like, onto the tow truck. So you totaled it in the sense that the cost for body work would have outdone out what the car was worth gotcha. yes so okay. i guess technically i didn't 100 percent total it but it they the insurance company told totaled yeah. it therefore it is totaled man insurance companies i don't trust you i hate insurance companies 
It's 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 kind of whack. I've wrecked too many cars, dealt with too oh. many insurance companies to like have a good just appreciation for them. Yeah, I I haven't been blessed by an insurance company before, I guess, because I've never really needed insurance, so I just pay money to something that I don't use. Though there was one time when I was in that same parking lot actually. But I was at Ma- I was at Mama Carmen's. Oh, right Mama Carmen's when that existed, yeah. Yes. And I was in my old Honda Accord, a nineteen ninety Honda Accord. Ooh, fancy. It was a five speed manual transmission. It was great. And thanks, Dad, by the way. <laughs> and I was backing up to get out of my parking spot. And I was looking everywhere. I was like, making sure nobody's there. And reverse gear in manuals is kind of tricky sometimes. For me anyway, it is. Mm-hmm. It's different than the all the forward-facing gears. Yeah. Um, and I reversed up a little bit. And then a guy pulls in to the parking lot from one of the entrances. Oh, and no. so I stop. So I stop. I okay, see okay. And okay. he stops. And he, like, waves me forward. So he's like, you go ahead, back up. And so then I just, like, okay, back up. And I back up because now my focus is just on the fact that I didn't run into this guy. And I back up and I hit a car that's parked in the parking lot. It's a Prius. Oh, no, not a Prius. It's not a newer Prius. (laughs) Okay. But it was still a Prius. And I remember that. And I was leaving. Like, I was leaving the coffee shop. And so I pulled right back into my spot. (laughs) And I'm just, like, moping. And I get out of the car and I go inside and I like look around like which one of these people looks like they own a Prius. There's, it was packed. just tons of people in there at the time. So I went up to whoever was working at the time. I think it might have been Lauren. And asked her for like a piece of paper that I could write on. And I wrote a note. And I left that on the car. And the girl who owned it called me later and i explained what happened i didn't you know and got in touch with my insurance and was in touch with her and they were figuring out and what ended up happening is that based on the situation my insurance considered it property damage and they paid for everything nice yeah so that's my one story of insurance actually saving me wow it's pretty impressive yeah. I got in an accident recently, um, more recent than that one, uh, in August, uh, where I hit this girl. Not, uh, I mean, she was in a car, so I hit her in her okay. car. Okay. Not, not just, I always just say, oh, I hit a girl, but like, she was in a car. Yeah. And I hit her car, and she like, and so we like pulled into this like parking lot, and I said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And like, her car really wasn't that damaged. My car was like very damaged. And it's my car I have outside, actually. Um, and so I just was like, oh, like, let me take pictures. And she's like, no, like, it's fine. Like, I'll give you my phone number, my mom's phone number. And then, like, you, but, like, don't worry about it. You don't have to text us. And she gave me, like, her phone number and her mom's phone number and just, like, drove away. And I said, she didn't want my insurance. She didn't want anything. And I was like, okay, this is weird. And so I was like, okay. So I didn't text her immediately. I texted her the next day and said, hey, this is the girl who hit you um just wanted you to have my phone number just in case um 
you wanted to get your car fixed, like, I'll give you my insurance information, like, just reach out. And I heard nothing back. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm in the clear. I'll just get my car fixed. And everything was great. And the insurance company was like, oh, that's definitely your fault. And I was like, yes, totally. And so I let them know that I contacted the person whose car I hit, but they didn't respond back. And then, like, a few months later, I get a letter in the mail basically saying that, like, I owe money. And I, these people have been trying to reach out to me and haven't been able to find me. And I was like, I, the girl has my number. Like, she has my phone number. I texted her. And no, I had, like, ran out and, like, hit and run. And I was like, no, hmm. I didn't. I was like, this girl must have stolen or taken her mom's car and, like doesn't want to own up to it or whatever i was like mm. Mm. so if you're listening girl i hit in <laughs> august not cool she probably is she probably is She's probably listening i'm sorry i've forgiven you yeah it's cool like you know at the end of the day it's just cars it's fine right can i speak yeah. for you in this yeah is this accurate yeah. what i'm saying yeah okay good so you would be an expedition, huh? <laughs> Roundabout ways. <laughs> yes, I would be an expedition. Question. Yes. Do you like chocolate? And can you eat chocolate right now? Yes. If I go grab chocolate, would that be okay? Absolutely. Okay. Because I haven't eaten dinner. I haven't eaten dinner either. Great. So we're going to eat chocolate for dinner. Perfect. We Let's do it. I'm not going to stop recording because okay. I'm fearful that something will go wrong. Okay. I'll just... Okay. I'll just like... I'll just keep talking and just pretend that people are listening because technically there are people listening right now um, listening to this podcast and listening to me talk to myself while Joel goes and gets me chocolate because uh, I really like chocolate. It's really good. It's really creamy <laughs> and honestly, it's really good. Oh, what kind of, what that, kind of chocolate fun. do you have? It's Schogetten Originals. It's German. It's actual Ooh. German chocolate from Germany. I'm German. Right? <gasps> Caramel brownie cream. That sounds yeah, amazing. Yeah, I can't even really read the name of the Sh things that makes it. Ludwig Chocolade GmbH and Co. Mm. KG. Member of the Kruger Group. Post Fock 2015 blah, 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 blah. Germany. Made in Germany. Just like my Lu family. I like these, these ones specifically because mm -hmm. they're really shareable because they're in these super convenient Ooh, like little cubes. Very fancy. We're eating fancy chocolate right I here. I know. For anyone wondering if you want good chocolates or candies in general, if you have Aldi in your area, go to Aldi. Oh, do they, they have good? Aldi's German. So they have German and Austrian candies and chocolates all the time really yes i mean i knew they were german but mm -hmm. dang i need to go to aldi i never go to ami ami aldi, aldi. aldi. <laughs> i never go to aldi that's my if i have like real grocery shopping that needs to be done mm -hmm. that's where i go Me cool. meaning like i have to get more than one thing yeah i'm a sellout i go to walmart there's one right by my house it's just too easy look at that this chocolate is too easy. It's already separated even. Oh, wow. Mm. Hmm. 
That's so good. And this will be a really enjoyable part for people to listen to. <laughs> Just us chewing. Mm -hmm. Milk chocolate with brownie cream filling and caramel pieces. Mm. There has yet, there has not been any eating on this show so far. Where the yes. So I'm a, I have, I'm so much of a first. Yeah. Okay. There's like, you know, this is acceptable eating. Mm -hmm. We're not gonna like eat like pasta. No, we're not gonna. You know, like. Munching on chips or whatever. Oh man, I bet everyone wants to hear me eating chips. Yeah, I'm feeling everyone's like joy. I just want you to eat chips on this podcast right now. That's what I want. Yeah, probably. So you're German. I am German. How German? Okay, what do you mean by how German? Like, were your parents born in Germany? Okay. Were your grandparents born in Germany? My great, great grandparents great a few greats grandparents yeah are from germany so my um my ancestors came over um in the 1860s okay and so the bebekhausers because my last name is bebekhauser if you don't know if anyone was looking at the title of this episode and wondering how to pronounce that yeah. it's bebekhauser um or bebekhauser you're welcome for that um <laughs> but yeah, so they came over in the 1860s and moved to Minnesota. Okay. Um, and so there's a ton of Bebekhausers up in Minnesota. And so that's where my family came from. And then my great-grandfather met my great-grandmother and mo moved to Texas. Um, and that's where all my family is. Was your great-grandmother also German? No. Her last name was Lake, so I'm assuming Lake. she was like English. But we are originally right. from, we are Dutch German, so okay. like on the border. Um, that's what my mother's last name is, and that's what my father's last name is. Um, I have, so mostly Dutch German ancestry. And then I have a little bit of, oh, what's it called? Um, Scottish. I don't know why. That was not even a Scottish accent. <laughs> I don't know why I said that weird. Um, I have a little bit of Scottish in me. That's great. And I would be so, I... We have some Irish in us, and I'm mm -hmm. proud of that fact. Nice. Yeah. How can you not be? Yeah. Irish, Scots, like, oh. Uh, look, look at what they give us. Exactly. That's, that's uh, Scotch. We love Scotch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm in the McGregor clan. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. You know what clan you're from. I do, because my grandmother, her grandfather was very Scottish. Okay. Um. And so, they're McGregor. And so, I have English and Scottish and Dutch German. It's most of my ancestry. Nice. On my father's side. Have you felt any particular um, pride or fascination with a particular part of your lineage? Like, typically, if people ask where I'm from or what, like, my lineage is i say i'm german mm -hmm. and i am i believe mostly german mm -hmm. but there's a good bit of italian as well okay um but i say german yeah so i typically say german and i have a lot of pride in that there's a town in germany called bibikhauserin that i just really want to go and be like i am oh, your wow. queen um but <laughs> and there's like all the other people who yeah, say like, they're also bibikhauserin it's like a They're small like small town like so small like 
I looked up the population. So small. They have like beautiful little German villages. And I'm going to rule it. If I ever to run away, that's where I'm going to go. But that we know. Yeah. So I, I like that. But there's also um, on my mom's side is the Van Zants. And the Van Zams? Van Zants. Van Zants. Yes. Okay. And the Van Zants were a big deal in helping create Texas. Um, basically, as a um, when it was a republic and when it was a state. So there's a lot of legacy in that. Um, my ancestor was almost the president of Texas. He was almost elected to be president back when Texas was a republic. And he unfortunately died before he got elected, which was kind of lame. Wow, that um, is lame. But, like, we have a lot of legacy in that. Like, there's a county called Van Zant County in Texas, and there's a bunch of rich Van Zants, which unfortunately I'm not a part of. It's kind of lame. But, you never know. It's you know, maybe very fortunate. My mom said she went to a party, and they live, like, in, like, the fancy houses in Fort Worth. And, like, like they're rich, like, old money rich. Because, like, we helped start, like, create Texas. Like, our family was a big deal. And so I have a lot of pride in that. Because um, hmm. I love Texas. And, like, I'm from there. And there's just, like, I love history. And so, like, knowing, I think, your personal history is, like, a really cool thing. So how did you, did you grow up with your family just talking about your history, your family history, where everybody came from? How did you discover all of this? Was um, this something you sought out for yourself? I think I sought out a lot of it um, myself because um, I love history mm-hmm. and I love knowing about my own history. And so I was just curious. But also like my grandparents take a lot of pride in their history and so they will talk about it and my great-grandparents as well when they were alive. And I love just hearing stories like that. And just, like, I believe that knowing your history, knowing your past, and knowing where you came from is so important. And so I just always sought that out. Now, I haven't um, fact-checked any of this. But, well, I have fact-checked the Van Zandt side, Mm -hmm. the the Dutch-German other side. I have not fact-checked. But, um... I think it's just nice, even if you, the stories are just stories, mm-hmm. to like have an idea, yeah, of where you came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know much about ours. The furthest back I have heard stories of is, I believe, my great grandfather jumping ship, supposedly, during probably the First World War, mm-hmm. to get away from Germany at mm-hmm. the time. And changing the name to Wincott, which is English, for mm-hmm. the same reason. Mm. So, before that, I have I have no idea mm-hmm. um, where our, our family lineage, lineage came from or who our family was. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it is interesting to me. I also like the idea of starting over. Mm-hmm. So, that's part of the reason I'm very okay with not knowing much of it. Especially being the first one also to, like, move away from all the family mm-hmm. and come out here and start my own thing. I like the idea of starting fresh. I get that. Yeah. What has been a, a fresh start for you? A fresh start for yeah. me. 
Um, I definitely think moving to Arkansas and like choosing to go to college here and choosing to stay afterwards. I think my whole family lives in Texas and they all go to school and then they come back to Texas. There's not very many of us that live outside of Texas and everyone who's out of Texas right now is planning on going back to Texas. But I wanted to make a home and where go where the Lord called me. And I felt like that was here. And so I came here and I knew like two people when I moved to Fayetteville and just like venturing off and like creating my own community and my own people. And now I've lived here for a year and a half and like I've met so many different people and I've created for myself a life that is so like different than what I originally expected it to be but it just like feels so right and like I don't have any intention of moving back moving back to Texas at the moment sorry family if you're listening um (laughs) but I I feel like I created something here that's really Mm -hmm. good that I really like and I feel like it's a really big fresh start for me to not go back to Texas and you've been here a year and a half I've been in Fayetteville a year and a half. Okay. I've lived in Arkansas since 2015. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where were you in Arkansas first? I was in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. Right. School. For, at school at Washtenaw Baptist University. And so if for those of you who don't know Arkansas geography, if yeah, you have Little I, Rock, which hopefully most of y'all know where Little Rock is, it's in central Arkansas. And then you have the Interstate I-30, uh, which goes through Little Rock. And so you go about an hour south from Little Rock, you hit Arkadelphia on I-30. And then you keep going another hour, you'll hit Texarkana. So we're smack dab in the middle. And that's where I lived for four years in the small town Arkadelphia. It was okay. <laughs> There's not much to do there. I love the conclusion to all that, that explanation. And it was okay. It definitely created space for, like, really meaningful conversation <clears throat> in my life mm-hmm. uh, because we couldn't really go anywhere or do anything. Like, there wasn't, like, really opportunity to, like, oh, let's go bowling or let's go to the movies. Like, if you're planning on going bowling or going to the movies, like, that's a 45-minute drive. Really? So, like, be prepared to, like, make an evening out of it. Like, okay. if we wanted to go anywhere, we went to the lake, which is, like, 15 minutes away mm-hmm. or we like hung out in each other's apartments and that was just like what we did and like so it created a lot of space for good conversation and like developing close friendships with people because nobody went anywhere or did anything but like hang out in my senior year of college all my friends we all lived in the same apartment complex and so it was like me and my roommate hannah in this apartment and then the one above us was um, my friends Rachel and Lizzie and so they lived right above me and then there was like a gap space so kind of like you can get, y'all live in C unit C and then mm-hmm. there's like unit A or whatever so they lived we lived in unit D and they lived in no we we lived in unit C they lived in unit D and so then it was like my friends uh Ryan and Andrew over here and so we would all like six of us just hang out like all the time that's great and like we all lived right next door to each other 
And so I'd just like go over to the whoever's apartment and I'd like knock on the door, more likely not knock on the door and just walk in. And so there was like a lot of just like closeness in that. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I get to experience like that is David being so close. Oh, yeah. Because he wanders over and just comes inside. I mean, inside. he walked in like barefoot. Yeah. Just like chilling. Like when I came over and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, hey. But like I like thought about that when I like how much I missed that with my friends from mm-hmm. college. Like just having people who can come over at any time because they, they live above me or right beside me. Like there's a like a community aspect of that. Mm-hmm. that i don't have here as much like i mean i have like really close friends and like i have the community that we have and it's so good and like i love it and i love the church but there's something different about just like knowing that my friends are like upstairs mm-hmm. or like right next to me and there's just like there's something fun about it so do you like the idea of even into adulthood and family life a large communal living area if i'm saying like communal living but like close enough that like we could walk neighbors be neighbors yeah and like really invest in each other i mean that's how cities start you know that is true that's how cities start yeah, maybe i want to live in a city little li- no just like build your own city yeah oh i, I can build my own city with all my, be- with all my what friends. was it called be the cowserin just go to be the and like completely no, just like transform new, you make it. a new one no be the oh so you just buy land just buy in land. arkansas in arkansas create a new and city. all of your best friends all live there and then it just expands and that's how the town are you starts. willing to come you gonna depending come depending on where the land is there need to be hills well, if it's in Arkansas, there's probably hills. Yeah, it's true. There's a lot of that around here. Unless we go south, which I'm not going to go south. So. Isn't that where most of the hills are, though? Like south and east? Oh, that's true. Not far south, just south of mm-hmm. northwest Arkansas. Well, I want to be close by enough like, to here where we could like drive in if we needed to. Because I'm not doing like the whole communal But your new thing. town needs to be, you know, it needs to have space. Yeah. My my town needs space. So that it isn't cannibalized by Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want it to be incorporated one day. Yeah. This is a good idea. I should get going on this. Yeah. Oh, man. Think about it. I'm going to become, like... Should I run for mayor? Queen. Queen? Why Just stop make it, Why stop it mayor? <laughs> Just, like, declare, like, sovereignty. Uh, yeah, I don't know like, if that's allowed in this Like, annex myself away from Arkansas. Be like, I am queen. This is Joyland. Joyland. Uh, Joyland. I don't know why I came up with Joyland. That was great. <laughs> no, or like, uh, Joymany. Like Germany? Joy- but Joymany. <laughs> Joymany. <laughs> Joymany. <laughs> oh, man. I like that a lot. Oh, my gosh. Like Germany, but Joy- saying it in like, an, it what would that be, like a New Yorker accent? Joymany. Oh, yeah, Joymany. Oh, my gosh. That's that's perfect. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So, your family all lives in Texas still? Uh, Pretty much. I have one uh, cousin that lives in Pennsylvania. Oh, so you're counting cousins too? Yes. Are we not counting? So, like, I'm really close to my. We could even broaden that. Even your cousins, most of your, like, aunts and uncles also live then in Texas? Mm -hmm. So, uh, all my aunts and uncles live in Texas. All my grandparents live in Texas. My parents live in Texas. My aunts and uncles live in Texas. My siblings live in Texas. Um, the majority of my cousins live in Texas. Only one... Uh, ooh, sorry. Uh, only one couple does not live in Texas, other than me. 
and that's my cousin Lily and Andrew, and they're my favorite people in the world. Um, they live in Tulsa, and they plan on moving back to Texas in a year. So <laughs> everyone moves back. It's just Man. like kind of what you do, and so everyone keeps asking me when I'm going to go back. And you're not planning on going back? Not currently, now. Anyway. Not currently. And I'm not currently in the plans to move back to flat Texas. So even though you physically are far away, have you, you and your family, have you always been like emotionally close? Yeah. So we've always had like a really close relationship. I've always been close with my family. Um, even my like aunts and uncles and cousins, like we're all very close. And, and even now while you're far away, you still communicate. Oh yeah. We have a big family group text and we have our March Madness group chat right now. And my cousins all have the, um, a a group chat that we call parents really suck because uh, <laughs> we created it when our parents were like being annoying in the big group chat when we were like in early college and some people were still in high school and now we just like continue to use it and it's so great i uh, love that and so we just we've always been close and we never really stopped being close even when we stopped living near each other which has mm. been really good yeah because they're like my ride or dies like i know they'll be there for me all the time yeah i tried to start a family group chat nope, nobody was into it it's yeah. kind of disappointing i'm disappointed guys only two of you are listening and i'm you know you're not the problem <laughs> yeah our, our, sometimes it like gets pretty like our big family group chat gets uh pretty like sometimes it'll, it's just kind of lame hmm. you know just like the same like three people talking it all the time and it's like mm, should i leave because my cousin mark and my uncle jathan both left the group chat and i was like that's possible you they can left? leave yeah because they're not is this group chat like everybody aunts uncles aunts, cousins uncles, siblings, cousins, siblings parents, grand, grandparents everybody parents, grandparents everybody wow and but, some of them left yeah my cousin mark left and like Uncle Jathan left, but they're really not big phone people. Mm, okay. And so they that's a good excuse. They didn't like getting all the text messages. Yeah. And so yeah, it has everyone. And when you get married into the family, it's a big deal when you get added to the group chat. Right. And so my sister's about to get married in April, and so I was talking to her fiance Austin, who's super cool by the way. Um, hey Austin. Yeah. Hopefully you're listening, Austin. Um, but he, uh, he, I, I asked him, I was like, are you so excited to be added to the, the big family group chat? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, no, get more excited, Austin. I was like, get more excited. And then my cousin-in-law, Andrew, was like, yeah, it's so fun. And he's like giving like thumbs up, being sarcastic. Because I don't know. I don't think Andrew liked it. And I was like, come on, Andrew, get it together. Is he one of those that left? The group chat? No, no, he's okay. there. Um, he he likes drama, and there's sometimes drama in our group chat. So group chats, man, group chats can be um volatile. Oh yeah. There's just a lot going on. It's just it's hard to navigate conversation in a group chat because it's not the mm -hmm. best forum for real conversation. With that many people, especially, mm -hmm. um, like the group chat, 
we studied recently with me and John, my roommate, and David and Joey and my younger brother. It's called White Boys. No. <laughs> is 95% memes. And then a little bit of like, hey, you guys want to come over and play Risk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Or, I'm going to watch a movie on this day. Um, and I, I'm okay with that. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of, I eased into the group chat world. And I'm okay that it's there. And I want to make use of it well when I can, when it's actually the best mm-hmm. tool for the job. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the time, when it's just kind of this awkward child in the corner, mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, I don't care. Yeah, I'll my, ignore you. My dad created a group chat um, called, like, with it was my dad and all of my cousins and siblings. Just so he could send memes because he was like, my siblings don't understand. Mm. so he just sends memes in there wow and it was like i don't know my dad is a very funny person is he good at memes he's okay (laughs) you know he gets like you know a couple good ones and a couple not so good ones how do you go about finding memes i find most of mine on reddit or facebook I don't really Google memes. I feel like a meme should just be something that is like just uncovered. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I don't search for memes. Something memes find me. Memes choose you. Yeah. Just like a good wand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like the wand chooses the wizard. The mm-hmm. meme chooses the person. Yes. The meme chooses the meme. No. No, no. <laughs> I don't like that. Let's not do that. <laughs> okay. We will do that. We will do that. <laughs> Well, that's good. You so you've always been close to your family, and you're yeah. one of you're one of how do you say you're one of a triplet? I'm, you are a triplet. I'm a triplet. You say you are a triplet, and then you have a I'm one sibling. of the triplets. One of the triplets. So there's not really an age gap there. Nope, we're all 23, <laughs> almost 24. My birthday's May 11th. May 11th. And I love my birthday so much. <laughs> um. I don't know why I just said that, but I really like my birthday. Because it's coming up. You it get is. Excited. It's coming up. It's May 11th. Don't forget it. Um, y'all can't forget it either. If you're friends with me on Facebook, wish me happy birthday. It's this important. will come out a week from Friday. Okay. So it'll be a little bit closer to your birthday. It will be a little closer to my birthday. We're getting there. Yeah. So you, are you, your parents still together and everything? No, no, my parents are divorced. Right, okay, I knew this. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm no, you're good. No worries. And are, are your parents then, they're still like friends and, and enough that they're all in the same group chat? Okay, my mom is not in the group chat Mom's anymore. not in the group chat. She left okay. the group chat. Um, but yeah, my, uh, everyone else's. Okay. But my mom and dad are friends, so that's, that's good. good. Yeah, that they live good. like three minutes from each other. It's kind of funny. Right. You told me that. I did. <laughs> We've had conversations outside of the podcast. What? I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting details. Well, how dare you? We should only talk and record podcasts, Joel. We should like have no communication and then sit down and record podcasts. And then and everything is And then never talk after that. Yeah. So we can't be friends outside of this podcast. Right. I, I haven't yet had... <laughs> 
the experience of having someone on who's like a stranger. Would you like to have a stranger I on here? I would. I would like to have somebody on here who I have not had a conversation with. Mm. How would that go? How would you go about doing that? Uh, I would just have to ask a stranger. Be like, hey, would you record a podcast with yeah, me, Randy? I have person? a podcast. It's it's in my room, in my <laughs> house. So you might have to do it with a dude first. There's a curtain. In, <laughs> it's in a the, curtain that separates me from the bed. Yeah, it's just like so a sad twin you, bed on the other side of the curtain. You can't see my sad <laughs> twin bed when we record. <laughs> and we can have coffee and eat chocolate. I probably wouldn't say all of that. Yeah, that's I'd probably a much. just be like, hey, I record a podcast. Here's my card. I'm on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. You can you can look me up pretty easily. I have a website. You know, I'm pretty legit. It's kind of fire, as the kids say. <laughs> you should look it up and be on the podcast because I want to talk to a stranger. I think there are ways that that would go really well mm-hmm. depending on the kind of life i was living like when yeah. i was traveling that would have been awesome oh yeah been perfect mm-hmm. like hey i record this podcast and i'm kind of just bouncing all over and just talking to different people that'd be a different thing yeah now it's like i i just live here you know i live here i live and... here and i don't know why it's different but maybe because you meet somebody who's living on the road and doing it and Mm -hmm. they're all in and hmm, i can't articulate very well why that would be such a different thing Mm -hmm. get what i'm laying down though no i i get i get what you're saying like it's different like you're moving around and so like you're kind of all around strangers all the time and so and it's like that the project is the pursuit. Yeah. So somebody who chooses to join you and is saying, yeah, I'll help you with this thing. Not just, you're just a guy who hangs out at the coffee shop here and you also record this podcast. Mm-hmm. Versus, man, I just met this guy and he's traveling all over and recording podcasts with people and he's not even going to be here much longer and he asked me to be on the show. I want to do that. Yeah. There's something interesting about it. Yeah. It is very interesting. Maybe yeah. I'll do a traveling podcast. Yeah. Are you wanting to get into the podcast world? Not really. No. No. After today. <laughs> Not after today? Not after today. No. This has been a horrible experience. We've been talking for an hour. Really? Dang. We need to get into it. We haven't talked about anything. Oh, gosh. I mean, we've had, we have talked about stuff, but no meat. I was about to storm out. There okay. has been meat, but... Okay, ask me the tough questions, Joel. Should we get into that? Let's get into it. Well, I do want to, like, talk about your your upbringing. My upbringing. Yeah. You spent your life in Texas. I did. Evidently, kind of a largest family. I do. I have a pretty big family. We all lived between 15 minutes of each other growing up. Not as much anymore, obviously. But, Mm -hmm. or even in Texas, we don't really live that uh, close to each other anymore. But my upbringing... um, what, what exactly are you asking me about my upbringing? Hmm. Where in Texas did you grow up? Okay. And what is it like to grow up there? Okay. So I grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth, specifically in the town Grapevine, 
which if you don't know Grapevine, it is smack dab in the middle of Dallas and Fort Worth. And it is a it is located like 10 minutes from DFW Airport, which is a pretty large airport here in the U.S. And uh, there's a bunch of big hotels like the Gaylord Texan and um, Great Wolf Lodge. Just like it's a destination. People actually come to Grapevine hmm. a lot. And so you actually get to meet a lot of cool people. But... I digress. Um, living in the Metroplex was like really weird. I didn't know that like places weren't like that, where it's just busy all the time. Traffic is a normal thing. Standstill traffic is a normal thing. Like you don't spend a lot of time in the car, but when you're in the car, you're in traffic. And so living in the Metroplex was just, there's always city. Like you don't see a lot of nature. And that just like wasn't something that I was thought, was, I thought that was normal. Um, and there was a ton of people all the time. And so that was kind of cool. Just like meeting a bunch of different people. Is this like, I don't know what, my mind doesn't bring anything specific to mind when you say Metroplex. Is this like a skyscraper city or suburbs okay. or? So like Metroplex is like, okay, so we have Dallas and Fort Worth mm -hmm. and they're both two big, large skyscraper cities. Mm -hmm. And then in between them are suburbs. But the suburbs don't, like, have distinct, like, breaks in between them. So it's, like, Grapevine is here, and then this, on the other side of this street is Colleyville, and then here's South Lake and Capel and Flower Mound, and they're all just kind of, like, mingling into one another. There's no, like, like, here we have Fayetteville, and then it's, like, a little bit of land, and Springdale, and a little bit of land, and Rogers, and a little bit of land, and Bentonville, and there's, like, tiny cities here or there, but, like everything folds into one another and they're not like distinct cities it's like grapevine has like a big chunk here and a little tiny chunk here and then a big chunk here and then colleyville is like kind of like mixed up in here and mm. it's on this side but it's also on this side and it's just kind of like a big metropolitan area it could be seen as one very large city which is why we call it the dfw metroplex because mm. it could be just a gigantic metropolitan area yeah whereas here i would see it as more as four different large cities okay did you like at the you do you prefer where you live now i do yeah did you like living in that area and what it was as a kid i what did were your thoughts on it growing up I, while you were there? I loved living there growing up i had no intentions of ever leaving there um other than for college like i thought i would move back home when i graduated because I loved living there. I loved my friends. I loved just how close things were. How there's always something new to do. Like there's always something that I hadn't done yet. Because it's so big. And new places to explore. And I really liked that growing up. And especially as someone who didn't have a car until she was 18. Um, I didn't do a lot of exploring mm. when I was there. And so I did like growing up there. And I think it was a good place to grow up. Because there were a ton of people. And I had a lot of chances to meet different kinds of people. Which was cool. Were you pretty intentional about that? I don't know. I don't think so. Which I kind of regret now. But, I mean, even just in my general friend group stuff, there were, like, different people from different walks of life. Which was really cool. Did that mostly come out of school 
or mm-hmm. so school um i did theater okay so i met a, di- a lot of different people in that um i did not wasn't actively involved in church that much um outside of going on sundays um we had like a mass exodus from our church our little church when we started going to a different one and so we kind of were friends with all those people but i mean i didn't wasn't very active in that and so most of the people that i interacted with were in school okay are you still friends with a lot of these same people not really um i had uh some rough experiences in high school i realized that a lot of my friends were maybe not actually being nice to me and so i have one or two friends still from high school okay do you think that's common as someone who didn't experience public school in any context Mm -hmm. Do you think it's probably pretty normal to come out of school and grow up a bit and then just not really be connected to the people you were at that time? I think it depends on how much effort you make to keep those friendships and how much they make that effort too. Or if you went to the same college. Mm-hmm. I went to Washington Baptist, me, myself, and I from my high school. And so like, I had no one there to talk to. And so I didn't keep any friendships because we went to the same place. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who are still friends with other people because they went to the same school and then joined the same sorority or joined the same fraternity and, like, saw each other in classes. And so, like, my siblings both have more friends from high school than I do because they had that. But I do think, in general, it is much more common to not keep the majority of your friends when you leave. Hmm. Do you... Obviously, we're both pretty young and haven't yet had time to test this but do you Mm -hmm. think how do you feel about that kind of thing happening as life goes on almost leaving different people in different stages of life especially if you move okay move around so the idea of like so when i left college i still have more friends from when i left college than i did when I left high school, but I still don't, I still like don't talk to a lot of people that I went to school with. I have maybe 10 to 15 people that I really talk to. Um, and then on a consistent basis, maybe like six. So it's just, I think it has to do with you as a person. I'm not amazing at reaching out to people. That's still way more people than I would think. For me, like, that sounds like a lot. Well, I have group chats, uh-huh. like, from, Great. like, groomies that a lot of people are in. But if I'm, like, texting people pretty consistently, like, I have a couple people here who still live here from college. Like, um, my friend Andrew and my friend Scotty and my friend Cedar. So that's three people from mm-hmm. college that I still talk to on a regular basis um, who are here that I went to school with. And so those are three of them. And mm-hmm. then my best friend Hannah, I still talk to her. And my friend Paige, my friend Ryan, and his wife, Rachel. I still talk to them a lot. And so other people, like, here and there, I'll talk to. But in reality, like, you move away. And Mm -hmm. it's up to you to keep those, like, relationships going and, like, to make an effort. And you have to be willing to put in the effort to keep a friendship going, especially if it's long distance. And nowadays, we have much more of an easier way to do that. Mm -hmm. But also, it 
it's also like a not as great thing because back in the day you could write letters back and forth and you know that communication could take weeks or months and it would be fine nowadays we have our phones and if I don't text you enough you know we're not friends but in reality like my best friend from high school her name's Gabby she's awesome uh in college I saw her once I would see her twice a year and we always made plans over winter break and over summer break one time typically and we would talk for like four or five hours and like catch up on everything that happened and then we would say that we were going to text each other and then we wouldn't because we were both not great at that but our friendship didn't wane like it didn't stop we were like still as close as we were in high school but we only talked twice a year Mm. but we made that effort to have that connection points and so like i think you have to make an effort but like people like think you're not close because you don't talk every day I have my best friend Hannah. We talk maybe consistently like once or twice a month. And she's my best friend from high school or from college and my roommate from college who I love. And I could still consider her like one of my closest friends. Whereas there are people I talk to here every day that I'm not as close to. And so it's just, it's different, you know? So it's really not about the frequency of communication you think Mm -mm. i don't think it has to do with frequency i mean i could have a deep conversation with her with my friend hannah and like get raw and get to the bottom of things and have that as the only connection once a month and i would have a deeper friendship with her than i would if i had surface level conversations with a random person here every day there would still be a really so i think it just it's the difference of levels Mm -hmm. of like friendship of deepness like are you willing to go deep and are you willing to be okay with only seeing people every once in a while and still willing to go deep with them like i so my friend jd and his wife mackenzie came up last week um because it was their spring break i haven't seen them in two years and they were like two of my closest friends in college and we haven't spoken probably in two years And yet we still had, I still trusted him enough and her enough to tell them the things that were going on in my life and like seek advice and seek from them like knowledge on like what to do and and just like be willing to share with them the deep things that are going on in my life. I think that you have to trust that people are still good. And they still want to know those things that are going on in your life, even if you're not talking to them every day mm-hmm. or every year, you know? I think that's a really important thing to remember in the age mm-hmm. of instant messaging. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, 100 years ago, you would write a letter to somebody. Yeah. And you might not get a response to those thoughts you had for weeks maybe even longer um but i would imagine that the depth of the conversation that happened over that form of communication was much Mm -hmm. greater than the average conversation that's happening over text now it's it's a really awesome tool and i appreciate the benefit of instant messaging of being Mm -hmm. able to quickly reach out and get a response on something but 
for me, it's never a good medium for any kind of serious interaction or getting to know someone or conversation. It's something like, can you pick up potatoes on the way home? (laughs) Yes. You know, or, hey, what's your address? Here you go. Um, Simple exchange of information. Mm Mm-hmm. But relationship is not built on just exchange of information. Exactly. It's shared experience and intimacy. Mm -hmm. And you don't, I don't think in any context, get that with just speed. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's just easy and quick and convenient, you you will necessarily miss out on something that comes when you are slow and intentional and inconvenient in something. Yeah. I mean, to develop any sort of relationship, whether that be friendship or romantic or familial or anything, like you have to put in time and effort. Mm -hmm. Like my love language is quality time. I love spending intentional time with people. And, like, showing them my love by, like, being like, hey, I'm willing to give up my time for you because I care enough about you to do that. And I think that shows a lot of love from me because I'm a busy bee. I have Mm -hmm. a lot of things going on. Actually, not really. But (laughs) I like to think I do. Uh, But, like, spending time with someone is like I'm choosing to spend this time with you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, maybe the time that I spend with you is twice a year or once a year, or once every two years, or maybe I don't see you for 10 years. But you know what? That when I'm with you, I'm giving you my undivided attention, and I'm going to try to be as vulnerable as I possibly can. Now, obviously, there are people that you might not want to be, like, 100% vulnerable to. Like, I'm not going to, like, go up to a stranger and be like, so this is what's going on internally in my emotions, but, I mean, you know, with my friends that I trust, and especially if I've trusted them, like, to walk with me in my daily life in the past, why wouldn't I do that in the time now? Mm-hmm. You know? They didn't stop being caring about me or being my friend just because we moved away. They had to like stop walking with me every day, like in my life, because they lived, you know, my friend Gabby now lives in Dallas. Um, she did live in Norman and. I lived in Arkadelphia and it was just really hard to keep a consistent friendship. But just be- when we were together, we had that close intimacy of friendship. And like the things that we walked through in high school didn't stop like that from happening. And I would say my friends probably feel the same way about me that they like will say like, oh, I- if I know someone who like will be there for me always, oh, joy for sure. And I can say that about my friend Hannah or my friend Ryan or my friend Paige. Like, if I needed something, if it was an emergency, they would drop it, everything, and come to me or, like, be there for me, even though they live in, like, Alabama, Texas, and New Orleans. So, well, I guess Louisiana. I was doing a state thing. But, you know, <laughs> my friends would be there for me, regardless of how often I talk to them nowadays. That's awesome. And it is an awesome, too, just – having people in different places. Mm-hmm. I, I love that idea of just knowing that I have people who, if I'm going to be in that place, mm-hmm. 
I can get excited to spend time with that person or I can know that I can count on this person. Oh, yeah. Being there, you know, like my my relationships aren't limited to my geographical location. Exactly. Yeah. And so like I'm planning on I'm planning a trip to New Orleans uh, this summer. Nice. Because my friend Ryan and Rachel live there and J.D. McKenzie live there. And my friend Mercedes lives there. And all these people from college live in New Orleans for some reason. They all moved there. And so I'm like, New Orleans is a heck of a cool place. And so much history there. And I have totally so many friends there. So, like, I don't have to pay for somewhere to stay. Because I'll be able to stay with someone. Yeah. So, you know, just like, that's kind of cool too. You know, there's yeah. people all over the the place. Most Most of my friends live in the South. But, you know, all over the South that that's I can, great. like stay with and like hang out with and chill with mm -hmm. so would you say which i'm guessing the answer is yes but would you say you had a pretty positive college experience let's dig into that a little bit oh, that my stage of college experience Ooh. obviously you there were certainly some friends mm -hmm. who were very important and you're still friends with so mm -hmm. that was great obviously yeah. but what about college experience overall in that stage of life what was that like I would say it was pretty positive. I walked through a lot in college. I mean, everybody does who goes. I went through heartbreak and I went through losing friends and questioning everything. And, you know, walking into a, a Baptist university when you're not Baptist is kind of difficult. It's, even though I, I like Jesus, they weren't all cool for all the ways that I like Jesus. So that was difficult, but overall, like I had a good college experience. I would say that I enjoyed it a lot. Was that your first time moving out on your own? Yes. So I graduated high school in 2015, and then I moved to Arkansas. Okay. And, and so you would have been 17, 18? I was 18. You're 18. Which is so young. Oh my gosh! If you're 18 and listening to this, and you think you're old. You're not old. Yeah. You're so young. <laughs> you got so much time. As as we as are As I too. say this when I'm 23. Yes. We're, we're still. <laughs> I'm still a baby. Very young. So. But everybody is. That's true. Everybody's really young. Some people yeah. are really old compared to others. That's true. But we're all young in the eternity that is life. Yes. Do you have advice for 18-year-olds? Oh, do I have advice for 18-year-olds? Who are stepping into the college world. That are about to go to college. I'd say just breathe. Uh, everything is going to be okay. <laughs> Joel's over here breathing. Uh, everything's going to be okay. Like, yes, things may seem stressful now, and it might seem like so important to get the best decorations for your dorm room or to find the perfect boy to date or to like find the perfect roommate or if you're not going to college like to find the perfect job or the per perfect trade or what like the perfect thing you're supposed to do like my advice to you is breathe you got time like there's so much time in the world i'm 23 and like i'm changing my whole career and i'm have no idea what i'm doing with my life and i like have nothing sure in my life really but, you know, I'm, I'm just living it as it comes. And so my advice is, like, don't, like, rush through it and don't, like, wait per, for perfection. Like, 
think life isn't perfect. And so your college experience or your work life is gonna, there's gonna be hard times. But just like breathe and like, you can do it. Like trust that you're smart and, and like bring people in your life that will like give you good advice. So mm-hmm. that's, that's my, uh, that's my two cents to you young 18 year olds listen to this right now. So you walked through a lot, you said, in college. I did, yeah. Can we dive into that? Sure. What specifically? Um, I don't know. What was the... Did just going to college and now being on your own and being in a very different place um, create a lot of change in your life? It was a lot of change. Um, moving from Dallas-Fort Worth, like the metropolitan area where there's like millions of people to small town Arkadelphia where there's no more than 10,000 people in my town, which I guess is technically not that small. But for me, like going from Dallas-Fort Worth to Arkadelphia, mm-hmm. that was small. Yeah. Um, that was a big change, like not being used to like, there was no Whataburger or Cane's or like fast food restaurants mm. and like no places to go. And just like being in my small town and just being like, oh, there's one street. It goes to the Walmart and back, and I got to figure out where I'm going to go to church and what I'm going to do. And so that was a bit of a change, um, specifically just from being, like, like large city to small town. But, like, my transition to college was actually pretty easy, which was actually pretty cool. I didn't get homesick, like, at all, which That's I was good. really thankful for. Because most people did. My sister, like, got it really, really badly. But, like, I just, like, totally invested myself freshman year. Like, I was like, yes, this is, like, it. This is what I'm going for. I'm diving in. I, like, made friends within a week of, like, being there. Now, ask me if I'm friends with any of those people now. The answer is no. Was I friends with them after freshman year? No. But the first week of school, like, everybody's looking for friends. Mm Mm-hmm especially in like a small school like Washita where there's just like not a lot of people and there are everybody's looking for friends and so it's so easy to make friends mm-hmm. so if you're worried about making friends in college it's so easy to make friends because everybody wants to make friends so and if you don't think they want to be friends with you don't believe it exactly people want to be friends yes they do people want to be your friend because you are beautiful and smart and seen and wanted okay that's my rant okay but and that thing you do, you know, with your left pant leg, it's pretty pretty unique. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about, man. There's just, there's so many people listening to the podcast that oh, I right. can say anything like that, and it's true. Ooh, you're right. You're right. It's like you with the purple hair, and you wax your legs every week because you're super into cycling, and you've crashed so many times and cleaned up your bloody legs. I see you. That's kind of gross. I'm not here for that. That's why cyclists shave their legs. So that if you get in a crash, it's easier to clean things up. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. I always thought it was something to do with wind resistance. I thought it was too. Yeah. But then I watched a video on it and they're like, no, there's not not much wind resistance that Mm -hmm. happens from the hair on your legs overall. But if you get road rash from like the middle of your calf to mm-hmm. your thigh yeah you're gonna be glad if you don't have hair there to work around fair enough yeah and that was a side quest with joel yeah 
have half white bicyclists <laughs> shave their Just legs. Random people who are listening to the show. Anyway, small town changes. Yes. So my transition wasn't that bad, but. Um, Do you think there was a particular reason for that? That it was, say, easier for you than it was for your sister? I don't know. I really like thinking back on it. I think it was just that I went into it expecting to like have a certain sense of loneliness in the beginning. Hmm. Um, that I wouldn't immediately make friends. And so I went into it and the fact that I did make friends almost immediately was super cool. But also I've always been somewhat independent. Like I've like never really needed to rely on my parents for a lot um i still love them if they're listening y'all are great and i really really love y'all but like you know there was a certain sense of just like a need for them like their presence that i didn't really need and like never really um like didn't cling to that and so i didn't have a homesickness i called them more often in the beginning than i did it later but and now uh but you know, there was, I don't know, I just, I've always been independent, and so it was just easier, you know, I didn't have a lot of things to miss, there wasn't, I didn't really miss home that much, so I think it was just easier, I don't know. Did I, you pretty quickly identify this new place you were in as a new home, and yeah. you think that related to why you didn't miss your old home as much yeah i mean i mean arkadelphia never really felt like 100 percent home to me but it was where i was going to be for the next four years and i was determined to make it like the place like my home like this is where i call home mm -hmm. as much as i can possibly make it home and so i had to fall in love with it if i was going to live there and i really did i really did fall in love with arkadelphia even if it has a weird name and not a lot to do there. When you, every time you say Al Arkadelphia, my brain also thinks of Texarkana because I'm thinking of like Arkansas plus Philadelphia. Yeah. I'm like combining two different places. Uh huh. So that's, that's just. Most people do. Uh, yeah. They're like, wait, Arkadelphia? Like, Arkadelphia. Wh why? And I'm like, I don't know. Why Arkansas? I'm like, why, why not Arkansas? <laughs> okay. America, explain. Yes. Oh. Love yeah. that vine. It's a good vine. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. So, do you carry that same kind of philosophical approach anytime you move? Is the thought, this is where I'm going to be for now, and I want it to be home, even if it's not going to be there forever? I mean, I do right now. When I moved home for three months in to back to texas after i graduated i did not carry that same mindset because even when i didn't know where i was going because it felt like a transitional and i was like i just want to leave but if i'm like know that i'm gonna move there then i think so so far it's been like that but like i think you should like if you're gonna be in a place for an extended period of time you've got to make it feel like home you've got to do that otherwise you're missing out thinking about the past as someone who thinks about the past all the time like you can't 
like dwell on oh I well this place had this or this place had that you gotta fall in love with where you are now otherwise you won't ever like truly figure out like or be like content and happy where you are mm. and that's good advice thank you yeah how did you why did you move to Fayetteville okay so I had zero intention of staying in Arkansas when I graduated from college. But also, you did not intend to stay in Dallas, Fort Worth. Is that right? Well, no, I I had every intention of going back to Dallas. You did for that mm-hmm. three months. No, in general, like okay, I was talking and potentially getting a job in Austin, and so I like had I didn't want to stay in Arkansas. Didn't actually like Arkansas that much. Fun fact. And then I was at this uh, missions conference called World Mandate that Antioch puts on, which is a church. And I was in College Station. And one of the things the pastor was preaching on is like, sometimes God calls us to stay and sometimes God calls us to go. And I really felt like the Lord was putting on my heart like to stay in Arkansas, that that was something that he wanted me to do. And I was like, it was like honestly like an immediate like change in shift in like how I saw Arkansas. And I was like, oh dang, I want to stay in Arkansas. I was like, Arkansas, yeah. And so, but I didn't want to stay in Arkadelphia because mm-hmm. I was like, eh, it's a little tiny. And Little Rock is kind of uh, criminally. So, <laughs> criminally. Just a little criminally. <laughs> and honestly, like the first time I ever visited Northwest Arkansas, which I was coming up here because my ex-boyfriend's parents live up here. And we were visiting here so I could meet them. And, like, the first time I came here, I, like, felt, like, a sense of home. Like, I'd never felt before. Hmm. Like, and I didn't like that at the time because I didn't want to live in Arkansas. But, like, I had never felt like that in Dallas. I'd never felt like that in Arkadelphia. I was here and it just felt like this sense of rightness. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I felt that in 2017, which was like a really long time ago. Uh, and I moved here in 2019. So I just knew like this is where I was supposed to be. And so like I searched for jobs up here. And that's how I managed to make it up here. I found a job. I worked at a college ministry on campus at the University of Arkansas. Yeah. Wow. And you're still here. I am still here, even after I, I got laid off because of COVID, because you don't really need a college ministry interns when there's no people mm-hmm. uh, to minister to, all right? because they're all at home because of COVID. Yep. So I got laid off, but you know, that's okay. That's just what happened, and sometimes things happen. Yeah, you sometimes roll things happen. It. What's something that has happened in your life that has been very difficult to roll with? Mm, So many things. Oh, man. I don't want to create this awkward spot. Let's pause on the podcast. What's something that has done that, um, that looking back on you're really grateful for? Mm, Okay, that's very different. Um narrows narrows the field a little bit it does a few things to choose okay so my sophomore year of college i was roommates with this girl named abigail and she was my best friend i loved her um we were best friends starting in 
my freshman year. And we lived together and everything was great. And she was great. And I was just really happy. And like we had such a close friendship. And then starting, I guess, near the end of 2016. Yeah, the end of 2016, we started like drifting apart. Um, Specifically, she was going through some stuff with her, with some of her friends and with her family. She's from Honduras. And um, there's a lot of stuff going on in that country. And so there was just like a lot of strife and stuff. And back then I was really wasn't great at like being there for people. And at the time I started talking to my ex-boyfriend. Um, and we were spending more time together. And because I was spending more time with him, I was spending less time with her. And we really just butted heads and like we started having this like really bad like friendship and relationship and going into the spring of 2017 when I actually started dating my ex I was spending so much less time with her and she started spending time more time with another girl and they quickly became like really really close and everything I did was like wrong um and like that hurt like a lot And, like, I'd never gone through, like, a friendship that, like, used to be so strong and felt like it was falling apart. And it caused me, like, so much emotional, like, anxiety and just, like, hurt, like, so much. And I was trying to decide whether or not, like, breaking up with my boyfriend was, like, the right thing to do and, like, spending more time with her or that was just overreacting, which it was. Um, But eventually like we were supposed to live together junior year of college and she basically told me like the day before we were supposed to um like sign like up like these are your roommates for the next year that she didn't want to be my roommate anymore um, because we weren't best friends anymore and she wanted to live with her new best friend which was pretty devastating um it hurt a lot uh and I just, like, felt very much, like, like abandoned in a lot of ways. Losing a friend can, is so hard, especially when, like, there's someone who you were so close to. Um, and she and I, like, went through a lot. And I don't regret what happened. Um, we didn't end up rooming together next year um I found a new roommate who was actually my sweet mate and we actually became really really good friends and I was in her wedding and her name's Mary and she's so cool um and so we got to develop a really close friendship um and I like I regret some of the things that I said and did that helped end that friendship um Abigail is like such a wonderful person like she's so smart and funny and kind and we used to like have dance parties in our room and like it was just a really good friendship and we both like took out some of the emotional things that were going on in our lives on each other and we just like didn't invest in each other when we started finding new things and so that was a really hard thing that I walked through. But 
I don't regret it because it really taught me the value of like when you're friends with someone, you have to invest in them. Like you have to like give yourself time to like put into that friendship if you really value it. And like Abigail and I ended up making up uh, at the end of sophomore year enough that we were friends a little bit for the rest of the year, but never as close as we were. And even just like a year ago, I reached out and we really talked things through and it was really good um, and like really helpful. And now like we're really good and we don't talk really at all, but like I know how she's doing and that's a really good thing. And I see her location on my phone, which is kind of weird. <laughs> um, and she's back home. And But I would really say that like it taught me the value of friendship. And it taught me also, like, that, like, healing is so possible. Because I thought I would never heal from that friendship ending. It hurt so badly to watch her become friends with someone else other than me. And, like, have that closeness with someone else that wasn't me. It hurt a lot. But I realized that, you know when one friendship ends in that way another one comes along and my friend Mary was that to me in a lot of ways and it also taught me the value of friendship I forgot what the original question was but I hope I answered it yeah I think so I was just asking about difficult experience that you had that taught you something no that you didn't look back on without regret I don't regret it I mean I regret that we had to go through that but I wouldn't change it Mm -hmm. because it's you know, I wouldn't change anything in my life because if I changed anything, would I be here today? Would I be where I am today? You know? Mm-hmm. Could be worse, could be better. Yeah. I don't know. I think it would be very different. Mm-hmm. Yep. I always tell people um, in in an effort to, like, assure them that I'm, I'm okay with my past. Like, if I start talking about things that maybe sound difficult, um, I always say I, I don't regret anything from my past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thankful for who I am today. Therefore, I have to be thankful for the things that brought me here. Mm-hmm. And it's just as simple as that for me. Uh, it's so hard when you're in the middle of it. Yeah. There's nothing. It would be silly to try and to talk to somebody who's in the middle of a difficult circumstance and say, well, later you will have grown from it. So mm-hmm. you should just be happy that it's happening now yeah like no that please please don't do that to somebody yeah <laughs> just be in it mm-hmm. with them um yeah no, i'm glad that i'm coming to a place now where where i am able to be a little more objective when i'm going through something just yeah. back up a little bit and say this isn't gonna last forever mm-hmm. and i'm probably going to learn something from this yeah while still just recognizing that it sucks sometimes mm-hmm. which I'm glad there isn't much of that in my life right now. There's not There's not anything that sucks in my life right now. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's great. Other than my car stuff, like <laughs> there's nothing like actually seriously wrong. Yeah. Um yeah. How do you feel about your life right now? My life right now. What stage of life are you in right now? Well, if you were to give it a name. I would call it 
I would call it transformation. I'm really in the season of learning to love myself and like see the value and worth that is me. And so it's like transforming who I am. Mm -hmm. Like from this person who seeks approval from others. And if I don't get that from other people, then I'm like on the floor weeping. But instead seeking it from God and seeking it from myself and like knowing who I am and being confident in who I am. And so I think that's like really the season that I'm at and like how I would like what I would call like what I'm where I am like transformation like taking away the old part of myself that was insecure and sad and going through these hard things and like being transformed into this person that God how God sees me and how I see myself and how my friends see me and like how I'm awesome and I know I'm awesome yeah no you're awesome exactly you're all awesome I think Socrates said that really yeah i'm stealing it he probably said like know that you are awesome you know because contractions aren't super cool at the time i think contractions are awesome that's why i say y'all i still avoid saying y'all have you heard of yaldiv y'all like yaldiv yaldiv y'all have known if y'all have been there so it's you all would have yeah yaldiv 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 yeah i don't say that i do typing that in a text very difficult y'all i'm like, like how does it even work where does the contraction go a l l and then apostrophe d apostrophe b e wait y'all y'all do yeah y'all do and then reading it it's like what is this if you type it it's so weird if you have your phone with you right now and you're not listening on your phone or if you are i don't know type it out and look at it unless you're in the car driving please don't type anything on your phone that's true we don't like texting and driving driving. i'm not advocating for that no never i'm not going to say that i never use my phone while i drive joel but i'm going to say that every time i do you should learn from my mistake and not do that. That's true. I play Pokemon Go while I drive. <laughs> okay, I don't actually do that. Anyway, don't just don't use your phone when yeah. you drive. No just texting be in the moment. Driving. Be in the moment. Look at the pretty scenery or the, the road. road or the, <laughs> the car in front of you. Yeah. Because you never like, know when he'll brake check you. You know, pay attention when you drive. If you someone... like me or you drive something like I do, your brakes might just give out. So, you know... You gotta be prepared. Pay attention to your surroundings. Your car might just shut off, and your power steering goes out, and you can't make that turn, and somebody just hits you. You gotta be prepared. Get off your phone. I'm sorry. I'm just dying laughing over here. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Oh, oof. How do you feel about meditation? Meditation. Yeah. Like, I don't. What do does it that often. mean to you? Firstly, is probably the way to start that. What does meditation mean to you? I think it's just like a. I see it as more like a settling of the mind, and a focusing of the mind on whatever you're trying to focus on. So like, I don't. I wouldn't meditate. Like just as like a. 
on like the universe or something like that that I would like I think it's like more of like a calming and like a resting and like putting yourself in like this resting space so you wouldn't like for instance seek out the experience of going into the woods and sitting on top of a rock and just feeling the rock that you're sitting on my mind wanders a lot and so I actually probably would do that but I would probably talk to God while I do that. Yeah. Because uh, my mind just like goes like, ooh, and we're sitting on this rock and ooh, that breeze. No, am I hungry? No, I'm not hungry. I just had a ho-ho. Oh, no. <laughs> Why did I bring ho-hos on this hike? Because I always bring ho-hos on hikes. Those are the chocolate round ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't had one in a while. I'm sure I would cram it. Like, I would. They're so good. Yeah. But I, my family's just all, we always bring ho-hos on hikes. So, like, I always bring ho-hos when I go on a hike. It's hmm. just, like, important and needed. Okay. Do you keep them in the box? Yeah. Just put a box in your backpack. It takes up a lot of space, though, then. Well, but I mean, you could But if you take it out of the box, they're going to be they're ruined. Gonna, they're going to squish. Yeah. So, but and I don't bring And then what them. would they be? Exactly. They'd be no-hos. Joel's just making me laugh today. Goodness Good. Gracious. There needs to be that on this podcast. <laughs> Is it just like, am I like the best person you've had so far? Well, I feel like if I said yes, that would be really unkind to everybody else. That's fair. You, you, yeah. So I'm just, just gonna like, say, just, I, I'm just gonna say, I immensely enjoy each person that I have on here. And just like wink at me if I'm like the best. He totally winked. <laughs> Everyone else, you all are the worst. Just kidding. I've enjoyed listening to parts of it. and so. Did you skim through any? any? I did. I skimmed through David's, and I listened to a little bit of Liv's. Olivia, sorry. Hers was long. Hers was really long. Um, it was like three hours and 45 minutes. Yeah, the next one that comes out is also about the same length. Dang. Yeah. I, I think I need to leave. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm trying not to, like, shoot for any specific time to be okay yeah. with it varying a whole bunch. Um, so y- you mentioned you would probably talk to God. Mm-hmm. That would be part of your meditation. Mm-hmm. Let's dig into that. Was, has God or um, has this being always been a part of your life? And in what way? Uh, Yeah, so... I grew up in the church, and I grew up, you know... What church? Uh, so I grew up Methodist, in the Methodist church, uh, until I was six, and then I started going to a church that doesn't have a denomination. It was just a church. It's called Gateway Church. It's actually pretty large. We started going... I've heard of it. Yes. It was not large when we started going. <laughs> so I started going in 2001. Before when, it was cool. Yeah. In 2001, when it was a uh, uh, small, like... 150 person church instead of a 35,000 people church um i don't think i'd want to go to a 35,000 people church again but it was good when it was small so that we knew all the the people who worked there but anyway yeah i grew up in the church and like i always knew about god and jesus and like believed in him but um i really didn't start having like a personal relationship with jesus until i really went to college and really like the need for someone to talk to and like 
he talks back and like makes me feel so comforted and like loved like and uh you know it just reminds me like everything that jesus did like i'm a firm believer that jesus like 100 percent like died for my sins and like rose again and believe in the resurrection and how he like did all that stuff for me because he loved me so so much and just like i believe that like so wholeheartedly and like believing that just gives me peace and comfort and like satisfies the deepest parts of myself and so having space in my time like in my daily life to like talk to god gives me peace and it gives me comfort and it's like the thing i'm most sure about in my life and so to answer your question the being that is jesus slash god has been a part of my life my whole life but i haven't really had a firm relationship what i would call a relationship until um college probably around 2018 and that was you mentioned in part as a result of just needing someone to be there all the time or Mm -hmm. just like i have a lot of i talk a lot if you didn't know um and just like having someone to share the way i feel i journal a lot and so i just started journaling and talking to god through journaling and like it just became such an important part of my life because there are things that i can't share with people i mean i might share it with a counselor but like things that were going on in my life when i was walking through being in a relationship or friendship struggles or hard classes or my parents divorce or moving to Fayetteville and not having any lady friends um just like things that were really hard that I was walking through like I could talk to God about that and know that he was listening and so that was really good and like something that I needed still need Mm -hmm. does he you find fill that role in a very different way than other people do yes because like you know, we are created beings and he's the creator. And so God fills every role in so much like greater way and like a larger capacity because, you know, as a created being, we are so much tempted by the things of the world. And so sometimes people like hurt you and sometimes people are going to fall short of your expectations of them. But God is never going to do that. Like, Jesus will never fail me. He'll never let me down. He will never give only a piece of his love to me. Like, he will never um, not show up. Like, he's always going to be there. He's consistent. He never changes. Like, this person that is God is always present. Like, I can feel his presence, like, right now. Like, it's here and it's very present and, like, that's something that like the people in my life like they can't do that like joel you're sitting right in front of me but in like a few hours or however long uh, like i'm gonna go home and then you won't be right there Mm -hmm. but god's gonna go with me you know and that's something that like my friend my friends can't always be there you know you can't always have someone next to you but god fills that role for me he's always present he's always with me it's really cool that's great
did that take um, convincing or or was the kind of the perspective you just shared something that you've had for a long time? I think growing up in the church like helped with that, and I didn't need that much convincing. But it wasn't until later that I like acknowledged that God wasn't just this guy up in the the heavens who casually was looking down, but that was really present. And I saw that through just seeing the way that he acted in my friend's life, specifically so much in my sister's life. And I'm not going to go into detail because it's like not my place to say, but like we didn't always get along when we were kids and just seeing the way that like Jesus like just transformed her heart and transformed her like as a person to into like the person that she is now who's so kind and compassionate she still has like so much fire and passion and she's like a fiery human being but like seeing the transformation that like he did in her like is so tangible and so real and like watching that in my other's friends and other friends and hearing their testimonies like it's just it's so apparent to me and like I wouldn't have seen that if I hadn't like found people who also like knew God in the way that I did or like were open to like spending time with this person that is Jesus slash God you mentioned that you went to you went to Washita Baptist I did Baptist University obviously mm-hmm. you were not Baptist I was not Baptist no what about that was difficult? I want to talk about that. No, it. I'm just oof. It was it was very difficult um, because a large part of Baptists is so much about like what they know about the word. And if I can say, I'm gonna say some good things about Baptists. Like they are, they know the scripture. Like they know the word of God. They know the Bible, which is so good. Like. From going to school there for four years, I got to dive so much, so deep into the Bible and studying it and really acknowledging that this like is the word of God and is powerful and is present. Um, and that's such a good thing. But I, like the way that I love God, which I actually did this, we read this book in, I'm in discipleship school right now, by the way, guys, which is like, I'm just like learning how to love Jesus more. But one of the books we read is called Sacred Pathways and it's like, how is the best way for me to love God? And like mine is like, it's like a contemplative, which is like, I just want to sit at the feet of Jesus and like love him and like adore him. And that does not go hand in hand with the Baptists. Like they are like, if it's like the word of God, the word of God is present, it's living and, and powerful. And that's true. And like, but that wasn't the way that I like really connected with Jesus and with God. And so it was kind of difficult. And they have this thing with the Holy Spirit. They're not quite sure about it because there's been so many misconceptions about the Holy Spirit and who he is and, like, what he does and, like, people saying that the Holy Spirit told them this and it not being good and not being edifying and, like, you know, you really have to discern when someone tells you something about the Holy Spirit and, like, they were caught off guard by me, like, talking about the Holy Spirit and, like, I had a professor tell me that, like, because I asked him about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is this whole thing. I'm not going to go into it because I can't really describe it that much. But It's for a different podcast. It's for a different podcast, exactly. If you're curious, come find me. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, 
if you can come find me um <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of creepy i'm sorry probably most of the people listening to this can yeah that's true currently anyway at the time of recording at the time of the recording i don't even know what time it is at night but i'm meaning like in a year there oh. could be a million people listening to this episode that's true that's true so if oh. you call in that category don't come find either of us well oh. you can come find me i'm open to that oh uh, but you, leave joy i mean alone. you can find me on instagram yeah or you can find a pastor or someone who knows jesus that can answer these questions but essentially <laughs> i had a professor basically told tell me that like he like really um diminished the things that i believed about the holy spirit and it like really hurt and like i had friends who kind of like didn't know what it meant to like when i said like i talked to god like they didn't know what that meant and like i thought that i was crazy for like being able to talk to jesus which is not crazy because jesus speaks back to me and that's super great and also a super cool thing that like not everybody gets when they have a relationship with god but like i do and like there are a lot of struggles with that and just some of the theology baptists aren't great at acknowledging that women can be pastors and I wanted to be a worship pastor. Mm. Emphasis on the pastor part. Emphasis on the women part. I'm a woman, by the way. And so that was really difficult. If you didn't already know. If you didn't know, I'm a woman. Um, <laughs> but Hear me, boy. <laughs> rawr. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was really difficult. And, like, even my professors were like, it's going to be hard for you to find a job, like... People aren't going to hire a woman and they are going to like think of less of you because of it. And that was really hard because I'd grown up like in how I interpret the scriptures that women can do everything that a man can in scripture. And like that's something I believed. And so it was really hard walking into that. And I dealt with a lot of just like, especially my freshman year, just like being like anti-Baptist. I was like, I hate the Baptists. They suck. And going to a Baptist school, like, I used to argue with my friend JD all the time about theology and, like, scream at him. And he would scream at me, and it was horrible. But by the end of college, like, I really acknowledged that, you know, there are good things about every denomination. And there mm-hmm. are bad, and things that aren't so great about every denomination. And it's... Even if your denomination is non-denominational. Exactly. Non-denominational. <laughs> If you, like, we all love God, and, like, that's what matters. We can agree to disagree on other things. And I, And I realized from the fact that most of my friends were Baptists, and they loved God, and the way that they loved God was good and holy and pure, like, that that was okay. And so, I, yeah, I had a lot of issues, but I, like, really got to, like, make them right at the end. Good. There was closure there. Mm-hmm. I probably won't work or attend a Baptist church, <laughs> probably. No, I'm not saying that, like, forever. Like, I could possibly work slash attend a Baptist church in the future. But for right now, like, I am. I don't think I will just because, like, my theology really doesn't line up with theirs. But that's okay. Like, that's why you go and try different denominations and see what works for you and what doesn't. You know? Learn something from everybody. Exactly. Hmm. 
Vigo is nodding. Yeah, we're just nodding at each other, and then yeah. I realize that none of y'all can see us nodding. Um, someday, someday it'll be a video podcast. Video I'm podcast. I'm so that... glad I did not decide to do it. There's a, there's that's just off. videos, just video podcasts. It would mean, um, well, it would still go up in the same way it does now, but it would also mean you could watch it, which would also mean expanding um, the audience potentially a bit for people who tend to tune in in different ways oh interesting yeah so like a lot of people watch the joe rogan show not just listen to it oh. they like to see him like to gaze upon that shiny head of his and maybe they'd like to gaze upon my shiny head you know i don't know that's true but yeah i'm man as, you're not gonna know from listening to this because we won't include it in the episode but the first 15 minutes of us sitting down was me pretending to pull out my hair over not it not working so adding in <laughs> video recording to Ooh. all of that it take not, us an hour oh my gosh and the space is not set up for it either oh no it's kind of dark but anyway you gratefully for your time at Washita Baptist. I am. I enjoyed it. It definitely gave me some new perspective, and it gave me, like, a, an appreciation for what I know, and also helped me learn things, and also accept that other people believe and like want to like do things differently, and that's okay. But as long as we like acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and that He died for our sins, everything else is like up to you what would you say to people who have difficulty accepting that other people do things differently i would say that we're all different like the way that we think the way that we have emotions the way that we love the way that we walk the way that we talk like we're all different and so when we do things differently it isn't an expression of like they're being wrong it's an expression of them being of their uniqueness and the way that people are so and if if you're having a difficulty like with people who are different than you take a walk in their shoes like try to understand their uniqueness and how like special they are and like understand things from their point of view you may just learn something and realize that maybe their differences are what makes them special chill out that's get my, over it yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the like very ungracious way of it saying is. what you said no what you said was much better which is why i like asking those questions to people who aren't me amen yeah um what's something that you wish you could talk about more but you don't end up talking about very much. Mm, good question. The history of the church, probably. Am I going to get to go into yeah. the history of the church? Oh, my gosh. Or you don't have to, like, tell the whole history of the church. because we'll start be, like, at the very beginning. But you can talk about, like, why this is a, a, big, a big deal for Yeah, you. so church history is a neglected part of like people who follow Jesus and consider themselves Christians don't know much about the history of the church past what is written in the Bible 
And the Bible is obviously, like, really important. It's the word of God. Like, everything in there is true. But to understand the way that the world sees the church, you have to understand the history of the church. You have to understand why people feel hurt. Why people don't trust us. Why there are reasons that um, we have, like, so little touch with the world. So you look back at the, you know, pre-Reformation when the Catholic Church was like the big people in the world, like looking at the mistakes that they made, you know, not having the Bible being written in the vernacular tongue, like the language that the people spoke, not like saying that you have all these indulgences, you have to pay money to get out of purgatory to get into heaven, like all these just like mistakes that the church made i mean there's this whole story about three popes you know it's crazy it's funny google it because it'll take me far too long to tell the whole story okay um but like you look at these and you wonder why like people don't trust us or believe the things that we say because we contradict ourselves and that's just because we are sinful creatures and we sin and we make mistakes and the church is not perfect as much as people want to say that the church is perfect but so like me I went to I lived in Texas I had to take Texas history in seventh grade to understand the the history of the place that I lived in so I'd understand why people feel the way they do in the place that I lived I learned about the Alamo and the war with Mexico and about like getting annexed into the union and then the civil war and like oil and stuff like I learned about all these things because it's important to know your history you know we talked earlier about knowing about you know our ancestry like I'm German like knowing about my past so if I consider myself a Christian I should know about the history of my people and my people are the Christians and the history of the church is important to know, especially if you're a Christian, but also if not, because it's so interesting. I mean, you have all of these incredible people who developed the church as it is now. And you have all these incredible people who like sacrifice their lives to help make the church the way it is. I mean, you have people like, ugh. My names are escaping me, but like John Wycliffe, who wrote the Wycliffe Bible, which is in English, um, and like and that was before the King James, right? That before was like King the James, original yeah. This was back when like English Bible. This is pre-Reformation, before um, Martin Luther like did his whole like ninety-nine theses on the wall. Yeah, everyone knows that. Yeah, and like John Wycliffe was burned to death, like burned at the stake. For like believing that the people should um, have the scripture in their word. And it's partly because of him that like people came to know Jesus because they could read the word. And like the Gutenberg printing press printed the first Bible in German. Like you have all these things that are important. And then you have after the Reformation, you have all these like. Wait, can we pause? Was the first printed Bible in German? Yes. Pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, we resume. But no, um, like you have after the Reformation and you have like 
Zwingli and Calvin and Wesley and Luther and you have all these people who are doing all these things and creating like the first denominations and like the Protestants together but you also have the Catholic Reformation when the Catholics were like oh dang we we hecka messed up and like if you don't know the word Catholic means like unity yeah Catholic just means yeah and so it's just like we're no longer means yeah yeah just means yeah no (laughs) it uh like the catholic church realized that we were no longer a unified church because they were so interested in power and like expanding their empire because the catholic church literally controlled everything Mm -hmm. like the pope was basically a king yeah and he like ran the world he was like so important and most of the popes were pretty corrupt back then um because they just wanted more power i mean we have a warrior pope we had a pope out there who like literally spent all the tithe money on building saint peter's basilica the beautiful like church building that they did not need to build at the time because but we're grateful for now yes we're grateful for now just because we'll never make anything else like it yes i've not been but i've seen pictures beautiful i've been twice oh that's awesome but like you just like bad pope yeah, Gregory wasn't that great. Uh, well, Gregory, whatever, 11th, 12th, 14th, I can't remember. Gregs. His name is Greg. Oh, Pope Greg. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you have, like, just, like, the Catholic Reformation, they, they changed so many of their policies. And you have just all this history that is so deep and rich and helps us understand how the church came to be what it is today, how we have all these denominations, how we have all these things. Like, everyone has a history. So why do, like, the people, like, Christians skip from, you know, Revelation to today? America. (laughs) Yeah, America. Like, separation of church and state and all that stuff. Like, you skip this whole period of time in history of the church that because it makes a much neater packaged box it does and it's easier just to believe that you've done nothing wrong and a lot of people in the church like won't acknowledge the sins of the past and the way that we failed there's a lot of challenging things about recognizing history Mm -hmm. especially when it's history of something that you base your perception of reality on Mm mm-hmm and to look at it and, and see how messy it is and how much change takes place in it mm-hmm. is challenging because it makes it kind of forces you at some point to realize, wow, I'm not at the end of things. Exactly, yeah. And that means I should be looking for what progress looks like, mm-hmm. what real, true, and good change actually mm-hmm. looks like. Because for me to say... The church as it is now, what it looks like to me, is how it should always be, as if it's complete. Yeah. That's, it's really prideful, and it's really dangerous. Oh, yeah. And it will cause tremendous hurt. Mm-hmm. And, like, acknowledging that we're not where we should be yet, and that we haven't been there since the very beginning, is, like so good i mean we 
as the church have hurt so many people in the name of God that God would like not be here for like all the crusades and just even like acknowledging like thinking that slavery was good like all these things that we did in the name of God that is not indic indicative of his character and who he is is like a big deal and mm -hmm. I really think people like need to hear that we're sorry for the things that we did in the past and like acknowledge the things that happened in the past and acknowledge what we're doing now to fix it and change it but also like realizing that like we are still human and we're still gonna make mistakes we're not perfect only mm -hmm. jesus was ever perfect and we're not jesus so like we're not very gonna like be perfect but the the whole thing i'm trying to say is like know your history like if you are you know if you live in the u.s like know your u.s history if you are a christian learn about like the history of our church and what we've done and how we've done it and the mistakes that we've made and also the good things that we've done there's so many great things we did especially like we had like the campfire revivals which was like methodist baptists and presbyterians in the the west during manifest destiny who were just like pouring out the spirit of god and like people were coming to know jesus and like rapid transformation and like there was discipleship and it was so crazy and it was how like we spread the gospel across the u.s in like manifest destiny which wasn't a great thing but like this was a good thing that we did and that's why like if you live in like the west areas like typically if there's a small town that was there back in the day there's always a baptist a methodist and a presbyterian church there because those were the people who did the campfire revivals and that's where wesley did so much of his preaching and so like these are cool things like the azusa street revival that happened in like 1918 you know that was a big deal of like having the presence of God and like the spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. Like these are things that we learned and grew into and helped us like know the things that are going on. And it's just, it's really cool. And it's so interesting. I took a whole class on all this stuff. So I have a lot of knowledge, but none of it's here right now. <laughs> um, because I would have had to take notes, but it's all just so fascinating. And even if you, like, aren't a Christian or you don't know who Jesus is or God is, like, look at the history of the church. Like, it's an it's interesting. And it is an immensely relevant part of the history of humanity. Oh, absolutely. Like, 100%. And so much of, like, everything we have right now is because of the church. Because remember, the church controlled the world for at least a good almost a thousand years like like a good portion like yeah pretty much a thousand years maybe more like the catholic church controlled the world and that's a large portion of like recent history um post like 80 like history obviously there's like the whole bc but like 80 history like a thousand years is a very long time and the church controlled the world maybe even longer than that so like it's very like it's very important if you're wanting to know the history of the world to look into the history of the church and where we started and where we are now and we're not over because 
Jesus hasn't come back yet, because I believe he will. You may disagree with me, but that's okay. Um, and but until he does, like this is the this is the world that we live in, and like this is where the church is now, and like this will be history one day. Every second that passes is a history. This podcast is history. It is. We're so, making history right now. Yeah, because you're when you're listening to this podcast. However, that it could be you're listening to it when it airs in a, for us in like a few weeks. Or you could be listening to it in a year from now or five years from now. You could be listening to it like 5,000 years from now off of a tape because the world went dark from EMP wars mm-hmm. and their internet isn't a thing anymore. But you found this tape in a pile of rubbish. Rubbage. Rubbage. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be super cool. Yeah. Just so you know, the year is 2021. This is 2021. Hello from the past. Hello. I <laughs> guess Hello. everyone who's listening to this is, is the past. Save <laughs> me. I'm trapped in this computer or tape box. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you probably don't even know what computers are at this point. Oh, crazy. I think probably within the next 500 years, humans realize how horrible computers have been for them, and they destroy all of them. And that's how, you know, the whole Matrix thing happens. So hopefully we got over that reasonably quickly. <laughs> and... Now we're on to bigger and better things, and Keanu Reeves is our king. How did he survive so long? <laughs> He's the one. He's the one. LOL. I don't think I've actually seen The Matrix. No? Mm-hmm. Apparently they're making another one. Not one like Neo, but they're making another Matrix movie. Interesting. With Keanu Reeves. I've not delved into it, but I've, I've heard this recently. That's cool. Yeah, I'm a fan. Also, I watched Zack Snyder's Justice League. Are you you even allowed to watch it right now? Would you say I'm allowed to watch it? It's unrated, so... It's R. It's rated R. Well, then no. No. But I really want to. You'll be able to see it at some point. May 14th. It's not like... I don't watch a lot of mature themed movies anyway. I don't understand. It's it's not it's rated R because a few F words are in it and it's kind of violent, mm-hmm. but it's like violent against what are called in that parademons. Mm-hmm. They're like monsters. Yeah. So it's not um I'd say the kids can watch it. Like, if you're 13 and you're up, it's not that big of a deal. Okay, okay. It's a superhero movie. But, highly recommend. Is it good? Is it better than the OG? I would say, I didn't see the OG, and I'm glad I didn't. I would say, Zack Snyder's Justice League, not including um, Christopher Nolan's Batman series, which I don't really throw in this mix, Mm -hmm. I would say Zack Snyder's Justice League is probably the best superhero movie that's been made so far. That's big. I don't like... That's a big statement. Now, clarifying point, I'm not a fan of Marvel. Okay. I don't like Marvel's movies. Okay. I think they're well-produced, but they're too childish, Disney, family-friendly movies. They're missing the grit and... 
and just the otherness, the otherworldliness of comic book world. Mm. All the characters are kind of the same. They all have the same sense of humor. They all goof off in the same way. They all will be in the middle of a horribly trying, difficult situation facing death and then interrupt it with a stupid joke that is completely non-contextual. I'm not into Marvel's way of doing superhero movies. I'm not into it. I don't think DC's done a good job either, but they, at the very least, are visually way better. As an artist, as like a photographer, DC's movies, I think, are generally much better looking than Marvel's. Fair enough. But... So that's that's a clarifying point. Mm. I'm not. I'm already not a fan of Marvel, but Zack Snyder. I'm also not a fan of DC generally. But this movie, all four hours of it, he did, he did it. Well, then I will certainly have to watch it in May when I can. Yeah. And if I find HBO Max, which I'm not gonna pay for, this is free trial. This free trials of everything. Free trial. Different email address. I have like five emails. Yeah, you can do it. You can find a way. Anyway, um, we'll start winding down. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what the episodes end with did you manage to skim to a point where you actually heard what the episodes end, end with no this is a this is a surprise are you ready i'm ready what are you you make me do jumpy jacks every no <laughs> every episode ends with a recommendation and something funny okay a recommendation Which, of what anything anything literally anything like if i were recommending something right now my recommendation for people if you can watch Zack snyder's justice league okay but I like getting recommendation from the guests because guest is different every time. I'm the same person every time. That's true. Kind of. In a sense, I'm a different person every time. But in another sense, I'm not. Okay. Recommendation. Ooh. Um, if I had to recommend anything, listen. Guys, I'm going to talk about something real quick. Listen it's up. very serious. Which is code for it being not serious at all. Um, You've not been sarcastic like this whole episode. I feel like I, mean, I a, have. A little, a little bit. I feel like I've been, been pretty little, sarcastic. There's been a little bit of it in the humorous moments. But not true. as much as I'm used to in conversation with you. That's true. I, I got really serious and really like deep with you. Yeah. That's, that, I dive deep. I got serious. Yeah, that's important. So I'm going to have anyway. to... I'm letting loose a little bit of my, my goofiness. I'm a goofy person. Okay. But if I'm being so serious right now, if I'm going to recommend anything, it's if you have not read the Percy Jackson series, you need to do it. I now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, Joy, that is a book series for children. And I'm like, you're right. It is a book series for children. It was written in mind for the middle schooler. But let's be real. We all have an inner middle schooler. And these book series are incredible. They have humor and wit and emotions and fighting monsters. And just like gods and goddesses, Greek gods and goddesses, which is super fun. There's also the books about the Roman Greek gods and goddesses. And if you're going for a little bit older, there's the uh, Magnus Chase books, which are about the Norse gods, 
which have a little bit more serious subjects, which is pretty good. There's also the ones about the Egyptians, which is Cain Chronicles. So basically, I'm talking to you about the Riordan universe. Are these, are these all the same author? Yes, his name is Rick Riordan. Okay. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. I'm so sorry, Rick Riordan, if you're watch if you're watching. Oh, if he's, you're, he's listening. If you're listening to this, I apologize if I so butchered weird. your book's names. But so there's the Percy Jackson series. Yes. And then there's a whole bunch of other series. So okay, that the, are separate. the original five are, is called Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Okay. And then the next five in the same universe, the next series is called the Heroes of Olympus. Which brings in the Roman gods. So it originally starts with the Greek gods. And then the Heroes of Olympus brings in the Roman gods. And then you have the Trials of Apollo. Which is about Apollo the god. And he like becomes mortal for a reason you find out in the Heroes of Olympus. And just like his journey. I actually haven't read those books yet. Um, I've heard they're pretty good. But I haven't read them yet. So I can't give you my recommendation for that. Because I haven't read them. But then you have... In the same universe, the Cain Chronicles, which is about the Egyptian gods and like Egyptian magicians, which is super good. And so that's in the same universe, but the Cain Chronicles are three books, trilogy. And then in the same universe, also, you have the Magnus Chase books. It's called Mag- Magnus Chase and the Gods of Asgard. And mm. that's a trilogy, and it's actually pretty good. I just actually read those for the first time. And so there's a bunch of books all put together. They're in the same universe. You don't have to read them all consecutively. Well, I would recommend if you're going to read the Percy Jackson, you read Percy Jackson, those five, then Heroes of Olympus, those five, and then the Trials of Apollo, those five. Like, you can't. I would not read those three out of order. But you can read Kane Chronicles whenever, and you can read Magnus Chase whenever, um, if you choose to. Okay. That would be my recommendation for you, the listener. I always approve of book recommendations. Thank you. I'm reading Little Women right now. So good. So good. So good. So good. So I I saw the movie, the recent movie, recently. I have not. No? Have you seen the older movies? I think I have. I think I've seen the, 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 the not the oldest like the, the, the there's one with I saw it was on VHS I don't know I haven't seen any of them other than this recent one my mom grew up seeing some of the other ones and so she wasn't a big fan of this one she's like oh but I like the old ones a lot hi mom I haven't said hi this episode well, you no. always say hi mom you barely, hi, mom. You barely yeah, got I to it I know um, but this is the only movie of Little Women I've, I've seen and it's so beautiful really it's oh that's a recommendation for me too. Little Women, the movie, and the book. The movie makes me so happy and like just filled with beautiful emotion. Mm-hmm. And the book is doing the same thing. I went to the Dixon Street bookstore. Oh, I love the Dixon Street bookstore. And I looked around and I couldn't find it. And so I went to the lady who was out there and she's like, do you need help? And I said, yes, yeah, so I'm looking for Little Women. And she looked in like three or four different places and couldn't find it. And then she found it in a stack. And it's this old copy that I think was found, like, hidden away in a section it wasn't supposed to be in. And it was from 1926. Dang. And I got it for, like, $10. That's so good. Yeah, so it's in my bag now, and I'm so happy to be reading it. Think of how many different people have probably helped that book. That 
and had wow. their lives changed by that it. book was alive during world war ii mm-hmm. maybe it went to war who knows could, oh my gosh oh my gosh no could have but anyway so your recommendation of books i definitely approve though i've not Thank read you. those i've not read the pussy jackson series i know of them of course well i could have given you a recommendation about my favorite movie but i did not so okay well, next time Book, next time books over movies if you gotta have one books, books for sure yeah always choose books yeah i'm sorry if you are not a book person but you should try you should try isn't it interesting amazing. how it's almost like i'm looking at an audience like i know I, I keep looking at the computer and like, like i'm like you gotta try it yeah, but it's like there's it. no one actually there it's just like i'm looking at my voice getting louder soft yes Okay, something funny. I find that this is like the most high pressure thing for anybody on the so show high because pressure. because you have to end on a high note. I know. And then it's like, what? What's? I gotta make people laugh. I gotta laugh. I gotta. I gotta make people. It laugh. It can be a joke. It can be just a funny thing that you went through recently, or just a mm. story that you remember. Just anything, just funny. I like to end on a, on a good note. A good funny note. Oh my goodness. Um. Oh wow, my life is funny. <laughs> um let's see do i tell a joke do i tell a story and i'm trying to think like i might tell a story but i cannot remember anything funny that's ever happened to me really like i can't nothing funny has ever happened to me that i can remember at this moment because everything's gone blank because you asked me this question on air and i didn't watch any of it i didn't listen long enough think if this was a live show oh gosh people would be be really interesting goodness i'll have to think about that i could do like an instagram live for Mm -hmm. uncommon people okay i technically have a story it might take a, a little bit but so i'm a substitute teacher if you didn't know they probably didn't. You didn't well, know because I didn't some, mention it. Some people. Some of you might Some know. of you know. But the story of my first day substitute teaching is actually hilarious. So I'm going to tell it. Okay. And I promise you, you may laugh. You may not. I'll probably laugh. She promises that you may or may not laugh. <laughs> One of those things will be true. It's the way that I tell it that is funny. Okay. Okay. So I got... A job as a substitute teacher because I'd been unemployed for five months and I needed a job. And so I was on my way. I accepted a job. I was going to be a coach. It was the first day of school. And I was like, yes, I'm ready to be a coach. But also I'm very terrified. And this is this like I was like praying. I was asking God. I was like, yo, this just like has to be the best day ever. I was like, Lord, like, have it be perfect. Nothing go wrong. Like, all my lesson plans perfectly in place. Like, it's the first day of school. Everything's going to be great. Let nothing go wrong. And so I get there, and it's like, go to the office. I get there, like, an hour early. I also have to get dropped off because I didn't have a car at the time. And so, like, my friend drops me off at work. She's like, see you later, sweetheart. Have a great day at school. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I got there, like an hour early and so it's like 7 a.m and the school's locked no one's there and so i like i uh just sitting there and like outside the school it's too early no one's there then eventually someone lets me inside and <laughs> i like 
go and they're like oh it's still too early the office staff isn't here and i was like are you kidding me so i go and i sit in the office for like 20 minutes i got here an hour early yo did not need to get there that an hour early as so i get there and i'm like hey i'm subbing for his name is coach dotson and so i'm subbing for coach dotson and um, I think I'm a coach today, like doing PE. And she's like, oh, no. And I was like, <laughs> what? She's like, well, he does like one PE class, but he mostly teaches the class called Key Code. And I was like, what's Key Code? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> and so she like, I was like, okay, just, did he, where's his classroom? And so she like points me in the right direction. I have my rosters and I go to the, like, the computer lab where I'm supposed to have this class. And you know what I find when I get there? Nothing. Zero things are there. No lesson plans. Nada, zip, zilch. And so I'm like, great. This is terrific. I put my stuff down and I go ask the librarian because the computer lab is attached to the library. I was like... And who knows more than a librarian? Nobody. And so I go and I ask her. I was like, hey, um, I'm subbing for Coach Dotson today. She's like, on the first day of school? And I was like, yep. <laughs> And she, I was like, do you know her, uh, do you know where his, uh, sub notes are? And she's like, oh, um, he probably didn't leave any. And I was like, great. My first day as a sub and I have no lesson plans. And she's like, maybe check the office and maybe check the, like, athletic hall. And so I go check both places and they're both like, um, yeah. He's probably didn't leave you anything. So now I'm in this class called Key Code. And nobody can tell me what it's about. <laughs> and like kids are coming in like 15 minutes. And I'm like, I have to come up with something to do. And figure out what this class is. And it's the first day of school. So you can't just like continue on. And I was like, oh my gosh. This is like terrible. Everything's going to go badly. And so like the kids come in. It's like the first first hour. And I'm like... I sit them in like assigned, I assign them seats and then I st stand there and I stare at them. I like, like, so how is your summer? And they like stare back at me and it's like crickets. It's like, did you, did you, like nothing. The children are not speaking to me. And I'm like, y'all have been stuck in your houses for like six months and you won't speak. And I'm like, still don't know what this, and I'm like, y'all, this is key, key code. Still have no idea what this class is about, but we were in a computer lab, so I assumed it had something to do with typing. And so I was like, this is typing class, and you might do a little bit of code. And can someone tell me what you did for the summer? And so I'm just talking about the summer with them. And um, it was like cricket. So basically I was like, y'all can talk the rest of class. And so basically they just talked with their friends for the rest of class. And I was like, oh, this went horribly. And then second hour, I did PE, and it was great because there were other coaches there, whatever. But third hour, I was like, okay, I got to do something. I can't just let them talk. That's not a productive day. It's day one. So I had these note cards. And so I came up with this brilliant plan to, like, have the children, like, learn something today. And so I was like, okay, guys. Hi, my name is Miss B. Bikowser, but you can call me Miss B. I'm not Coach Dotson. He's not here today. But guys, I have these note cards, and I want you to write on these note cards one thing you know about key code. 
something you want to learn in key code and a fun fact about yourself that coach Dotson would want to know he's very interested in these cards he's not interested in the cards I'm making this up as I go along and so I like have the kids ride them out and I'm like pacing around the room and I'm like trying to like use up time you know and like I'd already done the whole like how was your summer crickets thing again Mm -hmm. and so like I'm watching these kids write down all their stuff and they finished like 10 minutes ago, but I'm like still just pacing and watching them and they can't do anything because I have all the power, right? And so like, I'm like the most powerful person in this room. And I'm like, yeah, these kids, they're, they've been done with these note cards for so long and I haven't collected them yet. And so eventually like it gets to the point where it's kind of awkward and they're like, hey, can we turn these in? And I was like, ah, yeah, you can totally turn them in. And so... I like collect the note cards and then I was like, oh, I don't know what to do for the rest of the class. So I let them talk. And, but I was getting bolder as the day went on. I was like, we're going to do more. I think I've figured out what key coding is all about. And so now we get to like, I had my lunch period. It was great. And my off hour and that was great. But then I like by fifth hour, I was like, okay, we did everything the same. We had the crickets and asking about their summer and then we had the note cards and going too long and the awkwardness still kept that going but then after all that I decided to lecture them about typing and the importance of typing I said guys this class is called key code and I know you're probably thinking why do I need to be in this class but you know typing is so important okay most employees like when you're applying for jobs will like require your like word per minute your wpm like on applications which fun fact unless you're applying for like a secretary not true (laughs) i learned that afterwards but i'm just like right like i'm lecturing them about typing and i was like when i was in college like i had to type things so fast when i was taking notes and like i never learned to type i never had a typing class and guess what I like missed things and I did worse in school because I didn't know how to type. And it's just like these kids are just like following along to like what I'm saying. And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, and what about coding? Like you need coding and like so many different jobs. Like engineers use code and so do doctors and so do lawyers. And I'm like, this is not true, by the way. I don't think a lawyer needs to know about computer code but i'm just on a roll man i'm just like lecturing these kids and i'm like yeah coding and typing and it's important and these children are like totally nodding along with me and i'm like yeah i totally got them i was like got them in the palm of my hand and so they left and i was like man they learned something and then my last period of the day well actually not my last period of the day we're not there yet uh this is my seventh period of the day <laughs> And I do it all again. Do the the crickets and the note cards and the awkwardness. And I also do the lecturing. But this time I have children asking me questions. They're like, Miss B, do you think we'll use code in this profession? I can't even remember what it was, but this kid was asking me questions. I was like, bruh, you're supposed to be not talking to me. And so then I like start having a conversation with this kid and he's like asking me all these like serious questions about coding and then like specifics about coding. And I'm like, bruh, I don't know. I'm a sub. I'm making this up as I go along. 
And so eventually I got the kid to like stop talking to me. And that was really good. <laughs> but don't just you wait. This uh this story that you probably don't want to listen to is uh almost over. It's the eighth hour is athletics. And you'll never guess what I had to coach. I had to coach middle school basketball for the boys. And nice. I get there and there are all these boys and I'm the coach and I'm like Oh my gosh. And they're already all taller than you. They're already all taller than me, and they all have attitudes, and then they're all looking me up and down, like, hey, check out this cute teacher. And I'm like, please don't look at me like that. Like, I don't need your 13, 14-year-old self to look at me like that. Um, And I'm like, I have no idea what to do. It's the first day of school. Are they supposed to dress out? Are they not supposed to dress out? I'm like starting to freak out a little bit, and I'm like, there's so many boys Oh my gosh. And they're all taller than me. And they're all like, if they decide to gang up on me, they will like destroy me. And I'm like, I looked really cute in my outfit. And I didn't want them to like ruin my outfit either. And so I was about to like tell them to like grab a basketball and like just start shooting. And like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to turn out terrible. When suddenly this coach comes in, he's like, hey, I'm your assistant coach. And I was like, thank the Lord. Take the boys. I ain't doing nothing. And so I just watched them shoot and do whatever the coach wanted them to do and i was like oh this day has been so long and i like after that i went and i turned in all my stuff in the front office and the office lady was like how'd your day go and i was like i learned what key coding is she's like oh what is it and i was like i think it's like about typing and coding and she's like oh yeah that makes sense (laughs) and she's like hey do you want to come back tomorrow and i was like absolutely i will and so i and since then i've worked at that school almost every single day but like wow that story kind of heartwarming at the end sorry not as funny but it's just funny because literally i was like hey i like let's have like everything that possibly could go wrong went 100 percent wrong and i still got picked up at the end of the day and someone said oh honey how was your day at school? And I was like, ugh, stop smothering me, mom. Oh my gosh. But, so that's a funny story. Moral of the story is, guys, everything that can go wrong will, in fact, go wrong. But it makes a funny story. And as long as you have a winning personality, you'll get called back. Amen. Hallelujah. Preach. <laughs> this is the legacy of Joy B. Bikowser. Um future doctor, lawyer, key coding specialist, (laughs) substitute teacher, icon, diva, the most amazing person in the world. Queen. Queen. Queen of um, joy money. smart.